This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hello, folks. Welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Just um, ready to talk about a lot of interesting things uh, from this past week. What's up with you, man? Not too much. Watching playoff basketball off to the side. Uh, I'm trying to let my eyes not get too much diverted from uh, the lecture at hand. But um, yeah, just uh, just watching basketball. Uh, watched a lot of wrestling, and we'll have to watch more wrestling uh, to give us a midweek uh, podcast. We'll do later in the week. Um, we're going to try and hit on Duntaku and Noah stuff and Triple A, uh, Triple Mania and stuff. And, but uh, but we got a loaded show, so we felt like we need to break it down. Otherwise, we're going to be here forever, and we, we ain't really uh, had a time for that this time. We ain't this, built uh, like that. Time. Not no more. Not no more. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, where do you want to start first? Man, um, I think the Ember Moon stuff would be a great place to begin. Okay. So, so uh, Ember Moon did a interview with Chris Van Vliet where she talked about her experience in WWE. Obviously, she's no longer with the promotion. Um, there was like a clip that came out, which everyone kind of gravitated to, as she was breaking down her, like, uh, kind of like her last, like, three or four months there. Uh, she made it known that there were these talent meetings. Like, like, one, she was getting jerked around a lot back and forth um, as far as like, hey, this is what we plan to do with you. Wait a minute. That's actually not what we're going to do. Hey, we actually need you to do this. Never mind. That's canceled. Uh, we're going to send you home. Uh, we're going to turn you heel. Maybe. Not sure. Uh, we're going to have you do a match. Uh, lose. There's a storyline for you. Don't worry about it. Oh, wait, wait a second. Vince uh, wants you to completely uh, step in the time machine and do your old look from 2017. Dye your hair yourself. Uh, put your contacts back in. And then we'll send you home. And and eventually, like, she uh, was not happy with the direction of the promotion. Something that we've kind of called attention to, like, with the... Uh, uh, you know, talk of it being like the diva stuff uh, that was that was always going to creep back in. And then it has kind of risen uh, on social media through certain uh, advocates for for these things. But um, she ended up uh, basically talking about a couple of things as far as like the direction now with 
meetings that were being run that were encouraging the wrestlers to kind of dress in a more like revealing, you know, be more revealing with their ring gear, uh, you know, more of the sexy stuff. And, you know, to quote her, it was like, you know, she was, <laughs> it was like some booty butt cheek mandate or something like that. And um, yeah, she essentially yeah. people were being encouraged to, to look like Mandy Rose. And uh, a lot of people got upset at that part of it. And it was like, and, that yeah. wasn't the, the, the whole point of this yeah, thing. And to buddy. those people that, that did get upset of her dropping the name, I, I would suggest that you watch the whole part of it because, like, she later comes right behind and cleans it up and, like, the very next sentence says, like, I love Mandy, I'm wrong with Mandy, but there's only one Mandy. That's not what I'm trying to do. And I think before that, she even said, like, I'm my, my thing is to appeal to kids, not that. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't just saying, like, you know, she wasn't trying to be some, like, second wave feminist. Like, she was like, no, nah, there's space for all of that stuff. It's not for me. This is just like that's her thing, not mine. And we've seen what 2.0 looks like pretty much with, you know, just everything on your timelines every week uh, with this wrestler wants to have sex with this wrestler. There's, you know, and it's like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are like real into it. Of course, you know, they're real into Nikita Lyons or into Lash Legend or into several of the other people, uh, you know, some of the people that are no longer with the promotion even. Uh, but the the thing that was that really like struck on me was the the sexiness being mandated corporately which was like i was like man it's a whole lot less sexy in that case you know you, you got toxic attraction running over the show and people were so upset about uh nixon newell or uh whatever you know her name was in wwe Tegan uh, Knox. yeah um, you know, talking about, you know, hey, man, they it's like they're on some diva shit and they, and they got they got pissed at that. And I think it is miraculous that Becky Lynch gave that interview that she gave last week. And then like just thing after thing just kept coming out like to just fly in the face of this. And it was like this company is the same company. It always was um, the <laughs> like these fake uh postures of like you know what they do for women and stuff like that it's like this is a show written by old white men that are that is attracting old white men um i know you can't help who your audience is uh sometimes but you know it's 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 quite clear like on what's being going for it like the playbook is the playbook that has been there for years and years and years and it always goes back to this and I don't know why people are acting like brand new with this as far as like, no, not our WWE that actually cares about women and all this stuff. Like, no, man, like this is this is always what it is like. Like you see like what what, you know, people look like when they go to the main roster, when they've gone to the main roster, uh, you know, from their days in NXT. I'm not going to put any names on it, but, you know, people who look quite differently like it. Like they wouldn't be telling Ronda Rousey to do these things. Um, like, but everyone else, like, you know, you're subject to have to fall into this thing. And it's like, you know, while they put up these graphics with, with 24 names on them, some that weren't even with the company, uh, by the end of the week saying they've been, they've been used. And this is, you know, this positive thing, uh, and all that it's like, man, what about like the tangible like actions? Like you saw 24 women on screen, like what were they doing? Like what does anybody care about anything? And you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fake posturing, fake weaponization of those things. 
So when like, you know, the real stuff that's, you know, supposed to be important kind of goes under the radar. And then you have this stuff that pops up that just shines a light on the the corny ass shit a lot of people try to ride for out here. And it, it sucks because like Ember Moon was like, you know, she wasn't my favorite wrestler or anything. Like I thought she should actively have been banned from speaking into a microphone, most cases. But you know, you she's telling you what it is, like and telling you about her experience. It wasn't like she was saying, Hey, I felt you know, this about this. It was like, no, this is what happened. And then, you know, of course, everyone jumped back at her pretty quickly. Yeah, it's amazing how, like, from from Swole to, to now her, like, or anytime anybody says anything, or any, any black woman says anything, like, they quit to jump on it. Um, like, it's, it's, it's really interesting how that works. Um, I mean... You can look. You can you you can tell by what was going on in the programming, um, or you can tell exactly the specifics. But like she 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 brought it illuminates right, um, it illustrates just as, as how far they want to you know go that way. And like for me personally, I think that like I think it's kind of obvious that that should not be be said to any of the talent. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. Like, but, and I but I do get it. It is a cosmetic business, and and blah blah blah. I go from there wherever you want to. Uh, my 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 thing is like, if they're if they tell a good story, if they're good characters, if they um if they have good matches, the aesthetic stuff is secondary, or or could be secondary, but they Not here. They, they don't exactly they don't <laughs> see it that way. Um, so like it, it's, it's unfortunate and it sucks that she had to go through that. And like, especially given that I remember her interview up talking about, uh, I think it was a Booker T, um, talking about like her coming back from her Achilles tear and how like she, she did not think that she had so many doubts about whether or not she's gonna be able to wrestle again and mm-hmm. to see her go from that to like, I want out of here. In like, what was that? It's been what a year? Has it even been? Uh, she came back what October two thousand twenty? About yeah, October two thousand twenty. It's been two years. She's already like, get me the fuck out of here, or or not necessarily get me the fuck out of here, but like, she don't don't call me don't like, call don't call me unless don't call me on no bullshit no more. In two they years, wanted to make her a, they wanted to make her a coach, damn near, and then she went into this thing about like I don't want to be a coach yeah. or whatever. And then you know you think about Ember Moon, she's like I think she's like maybe thirty three, maybe. And then like you start thinking about like her shelf life, and she's like, man, y'all trying to put me out to pasture like for these people that don't love this shit the way I do or whatever. Yeah. And you know you got to feel for for somebody like that that you know, has pride in themselves and, you know, regardless of like how it may have gone, it's like, yo, she still was trying to give herself to right. this, this company. And she was like pitching ideas that like, when I heard them, they sounded like so actively like cliched and like, you know, I'm going to go on a losing street to, to snap here. and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's, it's nothing revolutionary, but like her heart was in it. So right. it was like, and she was putting like by her doing it, she'd be putting people over in the process. Right. So, it it, it was it and the was, people she was probably gonna be wrestling would be people she was way better than in the ring, right to prop up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was um, kind of, you know, it, it, it kind of set off like I like some people said that this was uh, one of those. Hey, she kicked the door in uh, a little bit on that. And, I, you know, you would think this stuff would uh, in an era where people are so, you know, normally sensitive about anything that has to do with women's wrestling. I thought it would be even louder the 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 reception like to actively champion like what she's saying, but nope, you know not you know here today the news was was there pretty much gone after that, but I think she shined a light on you know you know people was quiet like church mice exactly uh, in the comments you know and you know it's um it's unfortunate it's not going anywhere she won't be the she was not the first she will not be the last that's going to talk about this yeah but it's on you uh as a listener some or someone that's listened to this show to make the choice whether you're going to forget this or not so yeah <clears throat> um so more negative stuff around wwe nxt um in a week where um, well, let's, let's actually let's get to this. Uh, Ember Moon was cut, so they also had some NXT cuts. Um, they cut a few people. Uh, two most notable were Dakota Kai and uh, Malcolm Bivens, aka Stokely Hathaway, or, or Hathaway. Uh, Stokely Hathaway is somebody that should have never had to go to NXT. Should have been, you know, more or less doing the job that. MVP is doing or for someone else it it just makes no sense that someone that talented that witty that funny that charismatic um, <sighs> is not on TV to do a non or is on developmental to do a talking role like that dude's money or let me phrase that that dude is quality um and for all of the people that are bad at dialogue and bad at talking and get, you know, a lot of drivel, he's somebody that could have came in and helped them out and helped their TV situation and got heat for some of the hills that, that needed it. And which, you know, I don't know how many hills need heat in WWE. <laughs> they don't fucking heat. But, uh, but at the same time. Much. He could have pop, he could have been funny. He could have popped people, and eventually he could have turned babyface, all that kind of stuff that you know that goes with it, or whatever else. But Vince has long not liked managers, um, and you know the stuff that they they said they wanted to offer him sounded less than appealing. If I were him, like you want me to manage Omus? Nah, bro, that ain't gonna work. Bro, they took two years to get him to television alone. Yep. Um, I have like you guys know. I was not watching NXT during the, you know, like ever since pandemic. pretty much AEW came yeah. came around the pandemic. I never watched this guy on TV, but I saw him on Twitter and it was like, this guy is fucking hilarious. Exactly. So I'm like knowing he has like um, a past with a lot of people uh, in AEW, MJF, Orange Cassidy. He's like all in that evolved scene. You think he's gonna obviously be a no-brainer in a company filled with managers? Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's like you you ain't got nothing for this guy. Like, and the, good on him for being like, you know what? I'm not re-signing with you guys. Um, 
because why? And obviously they, they didn't really have anything. They, they started messing up his unit uh, pretty much from the beginning that they gave him the diamond mine stuff. We'll, get, is, diamond mine. we'll get more to diamond mine in a minute. Yeah, yeah, we will. So let's go through the uh, list. Um, so we got, in addition to Malcolm Bivens, uh, we got Dakota Kai. Let's stop there. Let, we got to go longer on Dakota Kai. We got to go. We got to. Dakota Kai, for as much for any of y'all that have listened over the years to to my reviews of NXT, I have long always said that she was a fucking geek. I said that talking about how she was presented on television. I'm saying this, and I'm saying this slowly so that people that are in our uh, social suplex thread that think that like I don't like this woman, so they hear me and finally hear me fucking good. She is a very talented wrestler. She she sat, she bumps like crazy. She has good strikes. She she could sell her ass off. She's a good wrestler. She was not presented as the top of the line future champion thing. She never was. She was always somebody that would get beat or be a stepping stone or whatever else. And she had a couple storylines where it looked like she might have a glimmer of hope, but it was like you look look at the look at the decisions in her matches that will tell you where where she's headed so when she want you know she's been champion or tag champion in NXT women's tag champion in NXT you look at like it was for Raquel to get elevated along the way to so she break through to become NXT women's champion which happened right they had the feud after that where Dakota turned on her Raquel probably dropped her or you know dropped her ass on the Madden pinder um so Remember when she got turned into a punk by, by uh, Shana? By Shana. Shana. Yes, 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 I did. Um, multiple times, multiple times. Not just once. Not maybe not even just twice. Like three times. Um, and I was like, yeah, she. Nah, that's not what it's meant for. She's stepping stone heel or stepping stone baby face or whatever else, and that's fine. But people saw this thing where she's gonna be next Bailey. Not so much. Um, she was she talented enough to to do to have done that NXT. Maybe, probably, um, but but that's not what they were going for with her, and um, that's kind of what it was. Uh, now, as far as her talent, she's somebody that I think um, could have been a great of great use years ago for the main roster to be basically slotted in the same way she was slotted before in a, in a, in the same roster positioning on the main roster where she comes out and she has quality matches with heels and, gets, and has good effort and loses and then you it just basically has like a number four type of type of baby face. They never saw they never want her to show up there. They saw a better use for her. Same similar to Candice LeRae in NXT having having quality matches, quality storylines and quality feuds and and all that kind of stuff with the Bianca's, the EOs, the Shaynas and the Rias and and um in Raquel's of the world. And I got to say, I had a lot of fun watching her over these years um, in NXT. Uh, and and it, it over me, I would love to see her in AEW. I think for me, if I was looking at the landscape of, of uh, people that are na- native English speakers um, around the world with some credibility or some TV time, whatever else, she's somebody that I would pick up almost immediately. I'd already be, I'd be out here already trying to, you know, Send send some send some, you know, through the grapevine. Send you know, uh, uh, somebody sure else. She's got friends yeah. that are already there that yes. can get the yes. word. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. you know, if I know anything about TK, if he wants to get in contact with you, he'll find a way. 
Uh, so let's continue on with the rest of the list. Um, yeah, so uh, Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis, a person that was um always Yo, featured. He, he fucking overachieved like hell. Like overachieved. Like think, bro, like when you lay his gimmick out on paper and think about the um kind of like the landscape that he was in, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you would think that it would just be get the fuck off of my television. Now, from some people that are that you know, that is the case. Like, shout out to my man Dan. But I think Loomis carved out a tiny piece of real estate that... Is my, hold like, on, my phone's too bright. Go, go yeah, ahead, go ahead, go it's ahead. Bright. Yeah, I, I think he carved out a little bit of real estate with some of the straight man comedy he was doing. And it was like, yeah. Dylan, what is this? <laughs> big Dylan. Dylan, what? Hey, man, what? You can't, you playing in this comment section? Yeah. So. Why are you trolling us? Why are you tro- Why are you trolling us in our comment section? <laughs> Might regulate, you know. But um, I think De- he carved Dex out. Dex is like, Dexter Loomis. Yeah, I think he carved out like a little weird piece, like of real estate with with people that like that ended up liking him. And I think people ironically liked him. I don't think they really liked him. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. And obviously, you know, like, it's one thing when it's like, you've been on this show fucking forever. And like, it's the same people you see every goddamn week that like, you know, the same people that will boo, you know, Wesley and, and, uh, and, and, uh, Carter, you know, Nash Carter. So it's like, they can get over or, or, or hurt whoever they want to. So like, maybe they like them or whatever else, but like, Dude, I, I we saw some of them house shows. Like we saw some of the stuff he could yeah. do, and then we would see, and then we would see what the matches would be, and some of the some of the goofy stuff in lurching, slow, you know, like n- early '90s Undertaker ish stuff they had him doing. It was like, yo, who who will actually want to see this in 2000? Um, you know, in the in the 2020s, and like they transitioned later and made him a comedy guy. And that's cool that they made him a straight man comedy guy. That's just cool, whatever else. But like, that's you know, he that's basically them find adjust, adjusting after they like tried to do something with him, and people were like, "Nah, that shit sucks." Um, so yeah, man. Like, I look at like what Gargano was doing with him and everything, and I'm just like in in indie, and you know, the whole thing led to the marriage, and now like the marriage is done with. It was like what a fucking waste of time. Like, whatever. I guess it popped the rating that one time when they did it. Gargano's gone. Candace is is gone. Imagine, James, like, imagine caring about this promotion as long as you did. (laughs) Bro, how does it feel? Like, like you see what they were doing. Like when I gave up on this shit, I was like, "Look, man, this shit." Like when I started getting discouraged, but by I told you this shit sucked. What was happening? It was like I was like, "Oh, this might be yeah. okay." I told you, I was like, "Nah, man, this Dexter Loomis shit sucks." Man. Every week, remember, I was like, every week when he was gone, I was like, "Oh my god, it's so much better." He's not, and then he came back. I was like, "God damn it, it sucks." Like, yeah, man, yeah. So, like, so like, I get where you're coming at, but it's like, I, it wasn't like I was like, yeah, maybe you know, maybe Loomis got some. No, I never said that. Yeah. Like, I, in yeah. fact, I think I hated more of these matches more than people that actually uh, watched the other shit with, along with did. me at the time. You probably did. Um, 
Yeah, he was. I think he is on that list, kind of with like that the carrying cross him when you just started seeing things on the show where it was like, nah, man, um, and, and it was out of that that kind of you know when he got hired, you know, they were trying to scoop as much talent as possible. Um, we, we've all seen the people that they hired in that time period. He may be one of those because it never really quite made sense. It was like, yo, I think they brought him in when he was like 35. They brought him in before they were really bringing in like people from impact. Um, I think he did like in, in, on a personal achievement level, he did about it. He maxed out here um i feel like like he couldn't have done any better like he could have went to the main roster like like they could have put him on the main roster or whatever he could have did all the goofy and maybe it catches or whatever with the the wackiness or whatever but they should have brought him up immediately and put him with bray Wyatt. yeah like i don't know man like he got to hang around for a lot longer than a lot of these people that's on this list which kind of leads to my next point about um their scouting and them just being pretty generally awful at it. Um, so let's go through the rest of this list because the rest of these people aren't quite, they don't really have enough to analyze about them, I feel like. Um, so we got Harland, which is the uh, the guy that they were calling the next Brock Lesnar guy. And then they shaved his head and made him a goon. Uh, apparently, you know, he was, you know, he didn't have great reviews with the, with the performance center coaches. Pretty lazy individual and not really, you know, really going after it. Um, Persia Prado was an active storyline with Dexter Loomis um, <laughs> where they were competing couples. Yeah. Something like that. Yes. Uh, over like who was Steph a hotter Delander. couple or some shit like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, she'll be Steph Delander again. Um, and then a gentleman named Draco Anthony. I remember when uh, we heard that name, that was just like, yes. all right, who did he sneak? This? Like, he snuck this by, and it's hilarious that he snuck this by. And that man used to come out, and he, he, he do the, you know, the the, the, the mellow shit. It's like, hey, your name, Draco? How did you get this through? <laughs> yeah. Um, we got Sanjana George, Raylan Devine, who I believe was like six foot three or something like that. Uh, James, do me a favor. Uh, type in Raylan Devine on uh, in your Google search, please. In Google search? Okay. And, you know, and it is R-A-E-L-Y-N and then Devine. All right. Right now, we're waiting for James's reaction. Okay, Instagram popped up. Should I click on the Instagram? Okay, I see why you. Uh, I see why you sent this to me. Um. <laughs> so they cut that young lady. Um, they also cut uh, Mila Milani and Paige Prinzavali. So uh, I don't know, man. They have this thing now that. Triple H kind of like alluded to in his interview with the athletic, like they're figuring it out. Like, you know, if they have people, they're going to give them less time than they normally give them. And they can tell if you're getting it in like a month or two months, maybe three months at the max. Like it's like this 90 day thing. Right. Doesn't I don't know if it's if it's just me. That sounds like a great way to lose out on talent that might actually like turn into something. If you're like, uh, three months, I don't see shit. Holla. Like, 
I don't know, man, because how many how many stories do we hear about people that are absolutely like just clueless at the beginning and it takes them a little while. And these people are getting like thrown into like it's weird because they're not really being trained to be professional wrestlers like they're being trained to be on a TV show where they do some wrestling like at times. Right. And, you know. If you're not someone with like this family pedigree, like a Braun Breaker, and I think there are concerns about Braun Breaker, like, but like him being the concern, like it, he's not the concern. It's like he just has to to do this more, right? Mm-hmm. But these other people that show up, I don't know how you just go through and cut and and decide to devote resources to, to people for like three months, four months, five months, like Harlem was around and for like less than half a year. And it's like, you decide, nah, I'm good. That that seems like a waste of time, a waste of money. And also like, they're eventually bound to like, I think they would be more likely to lose a star than gain a star doing this. It's, it's a, okay. And so I know it's like, a, it's a crapshoot. It's a draft. It's a talent mentality. versus culture thing. Right, right. Because right. it's like, it, the, you know, who knows? These people might not be necessarily the problem or whatever. Like, if they take their ass to the QT Marshall, like, somebody might show up and, like, show aptitude. But, like, I don't feel like three months is enough to, to throw somebody out, like, you know what? We're done here. Right. And uh, I don't I don't know, like, the Harlan dude, like, did he have a – was he already a wrestler? No. He was a football right. player at UCF. Okay. So – Giving anyone three months to be to to be good at wrestling and then cutting bait on them is like absurd to me. If that's the case, if if that is what the situation is, where like they signed this dude, they gave him X amount of months, and then pan out and cut him, it's like who the f- who the fuck is good in three months besides someone with a background in like in in catch wrestling or freestyle wrestling? Like who? Because this could like this list could have been like ten other people or whatever besides like yeah. besides like Dakai or Dakota Kai, Bivens and Loomis. And then everything after that could have literally been a different batch of people. And yeah. you know, who knows like um I don't know, man. It, it seems like a really bad strategy. Almost like they're yeah. bad at this. Yeah, another thing is like uh, one of the fences I hear from from people talking about like when they cut like the people that could have been the vets to help foster the new talent over. Um, or when they talked about like the old NXT compared to NXT now it was like, yeah, you guys don't, you know, they talk about, you know, football players, people with athletic backgrounds compared to like the wrestlers that, you know, made on the Indies or whatever else is like, you don't think you should try to make, they shouldn't just like, you know, take all the projects as opposed to taking, you know, some of the, you know, the, the, let's say, if you will, like the fourth year and third year, uh, college players. And it's like, there's only so many of those you're going to take before uh, all you got is nothing but bus. And if you put all, if you keep piling all these bus around, like what we going, what you going to do? How, how is the people that actually have some aptitude to uh, do this in the future? How are they going to get better? If there's not anybody to, to, you know, keep putting skin on their head as they keep going along this thing. Like it's just uh their problem is they live in extremes. Like, <laughs> like as far as, true. And as far as like the black and gold era of NXT went in one direction, they seemed determined to take this in a whole different direction. It's like, why don't we like (laughs) 
try to like you know what's that that fusion dance you know like you know, uh-huh. they, they say like you know yeah, do, yeah. do this or whatever mm-hmm. and i don't know like i feel like there's got to be there's got to be better ways and uh, they bring up a couple interesting things in the comments. It's like almost like you know this show shouldn't be on national television anymore. Like <laughs> almost. <laughs> like I mean, I, this shit should have been done once. I like honestly, one. Whatever. I, I I'm not gonna go down the NXT fuck up list again. I'm 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 fucking weary. But like it's just uh yeah like it's developmental and you know, look I'm not. If whether it's on t- national TV or not, like they're gonna keep it on and keep trying to make that money until they cancel it. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um I, I think a lot of people eating crow about about NAC two that were that were real loud um when this whole thing started. And I think it's like obviously like from a uh show standpoint, it's not really uh moving the culture, I would say, in in a positive direction as far as uh you know, it's not it's not really making an impact and doing anything. Obviously, we saw business wise they flopped over WrestleMania weekend. They drew like, you know, around three thousand. Like when I, when I hear people talk about this well, is under, better, it was under four thousand. So. Yeah, it was. Like, this is better. Like this proves this is is some type of success. I'm like, how? There's literally no like right. metric or anything that you can show that NXT 2.0 has been successful at all. Yeah. Like tons of people are getting fired. Uh, they're not drawing. The ratings have collapsed, and it has a general vibe of just <laughs> like it. Like people have talked about, it, it's like you know, it feels like the new generation era. People have talked about it being like just this clueless thing that is at echoes other points of developmental history, like when the uh, Basham brothers were there and Cornette says, hey, um, or they're feuding against each other. They call them up as a tag team, make them cut their hair and all this shit. Like, mm-hmm. there's all these stories like that feel like they're all amalgamating it into one with NAC 2.0 that is like just a just like a culmination of the demolition that started when Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard made an innocent trip to the PC, uh, where everyone was said to be in generally good spirits last summer. And that was a positive for the company. It's almost like that was spin. Um, (laughs) because everything that's happened after that, yikes, fucking yikes. Yeah. Um, whatever, man, like, uh, so speaking of that, um, and speaking of like the kind of morale and the mood that uh, this company or this promotion brand is in, um, Roger Strong uh, has, has apparently on multiple occasions asked for his release and he is not getting it. And um, it's quite predictable he was not getting it, seeing that he is, uh, you know, he's apparently signed on to a new contract in like with it sometime in the last two years. Um, I think last year. Yeah, I think it was last year. Um, it stinks. Same, you know, same as all anybody else that wants to uh, wants to leave. It stinks. Um, and like going back to the Ember thing, talking about you know the issues or whatever else is like everybody. It seems to me like between Gargano, between O'Reilly, between Ember, between a few other people that were NXT people, talents. They all keep saying it. 
like this shit is totally different without Triple H around, and they don't they 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 there's no direction, there's no nothing, there's no one to talk to to try to get real clarification, and they're all getting frustrated, and also so many of their friends because they were NXT. They're they're all over in AEW and they're I'm sure they're getting reviews or watching AEW and they're like Jesus Christ like they're doing what NXT used to do and better and like that has to be frustrating to see and to know like this is what we used to do this is what we do now this is what I could be doing get me the fuck out of here now there's no wrestler and I think it's important to say this right because there was a lot of I think working around the brand of NXT and, and legend building of it, right? There is not a single wrestler, I don't care who they are, that wrestled, that, that went around the world for years, that did everything you had to do to make it to WWE and wanted to be in NXT forever. Right. They don't exist. Like... They all want to get to like Raw, SmackDown, which is the money or whatever, or now AEW now because they see like, yo, we don't do all this to like wrestle in front of this same fucking crowd in Florida every week. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, as far as Roddy goes um, and, you know, that being like a, a reflection of like, you know, things being different with, with Triple H, it's like, damn. Not only is it different under Triple H, like the whole fucking staff back. The only person I can think of that's still there is like Shawn Michaels. Right. Um maybe maybe and, uh maybe Albert's still there. Uh Matt Bloom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him too. Like in maybe Norman Smiley. Right. Right, but like, you know, um Terry Taylor. Okay, so there's a few like Political the coach shark. So like the coaches are still there, right? But like as far as <clears throat> you know, um like like I don't think is Helder Ray there anymore. I don't think she is. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah it's uh, or maybe I'm thinking of um, oh, what's her name? She was Dark Angel in Stardom. <sighs> Fuck, what's her name? Can't remember her name for life of me. Somebody will pull it up. Uh, Dellen, she was Dark Angel in Stardom. She was the second white belt champion. I can't remember her name, but she she was a <clears throat> she got cut like in the last year or so too. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I uh. It's frustrating. It's frustrating because it's all we we all saw. They were all leaving. We were all like, "He gonna be stuck left behind." And then like they gave him Diamond Mine, and Diamond Mine like never even got the launch with the original roster that was set. Um, his they 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 fired his his wife, or at least some other of his child. I don't know. If it, I don't know. I don't remember if his wife or not. But like fired her. Um, they were gonna have Hideki Suzuki, and fucking <laughs> he was he was gonna be the coach. They they fired him. Uh, Artur who was supposed to be in it. Um, after they tried to package multiple things and it made all the sense of work for him to be in it, and they got they got rid of him too. And then they started to launch. They ended up putting those two brothers in there, and those two brothers like fit the diamond mine thing or whatever else. And um, the Ivy Nile woman, and like with Bivens, they made the most of it. But now like Bivens is gone, right? Bivens didn't want to resign, so they finally fired him. And it's like, all right. Why would he want to stay here? Everybody he wrestled, everybody like do you like does Ro- you think Roderick Strong at what? How old is Roderick? What, late thirties? Yeah, he's got to be like thirty-seven at least. Why would he want to be a coach? He's still one of the best wrestlers in the world. 
Roderick Strong age. Roderick Strong is 38. He will be 39 in July. Bro, why in the world would he... Yeah, Sarah Stock, that's who it is. Yeah, yeah. Why in the world would he want to be um, stuck being a developmental coach? Ciampa just left. He didn't want to be a developmental coach. Gargano did it for like a year, and so did, all these guys did it for like a year, and they were like, enough. Like I wanna, I want to like have these good matches with other good people. Where I can still do this in front of these like crowds that we can still do this in front of. O'Reilly left, Fish left, Cole left, Gargano his, his left. Champa's going to the main roster after you know, like everybody wants the fuck out of there. Like Walter basically like showed up to NXT so he can just like lose a bunch of weight and then go and then like I'm not gonna be a coach. I'm I'm going straight to the main roster almost. Like yeah, why? 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 Yeah, like it is uh it's it's quite telling. You see like all the undisputed era guys are all over there aside from Roderick Strong. It seems like there's a big summer angle set to kick off. I can think of another use for Roderick Strong that he'll never or he'll not get essentially to participate in because WWE is like, Oh, we can't make no money with you, but you ain't gonna make no money for nobody else either. So right. um and he chose like he chose to resign last he year. Did. So he could have look, he could have could have got out of there. So my sympathy only goes so far in that aspect. However, it is is just baffling, especially when you start seeing the I, I don't know if the budget cuts was the excuse behind these NFT it ones. It was. OK, it, it's more baffling when we get more budget cut people that. You know, someone can't get a release. Free up the budget, you know, per right. se. Right. And also, like, these budget cuts happen, like, and I think, like, the quarterly call is coming up real soon. Like, it may be this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, they're not they're not done. Like, they're never done. Um. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up for pretty much the NXT talk. The Rock turned 50 years old today. Dwayne Johnson, um, I watched. I was fortunate enough to watch a lot of his career, pretty much, and up until like I don't know, maybe 2001. I saw, and then I've seen you know all his comeback stuff, essentially. <clears throat> and you know, The Rock. You like imagine if they would have got rid of The Rock after 90 days. <laughs> Well, that wouldn't happen back then because they didn't have like fifty people like to yeah. that they're all trying to teach at the same time out of Russell. They had like a handful of people. Yeah, and they almost screwed it up with him too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, happy birthday to the Rock for sure. Uh, you know, I don't like it's crazy to think of of the Rock as like the, this fifty year old guy. Like, because I, I remember hearing Jim Ross's voice, uh, WrestleMania. 15 he was like this man's 27 years old or 26 years old he's main event in wrestlemania uh, his first wrestlemania right now and it's like bro do you know what would have to happen what kind of act of god would have to happen for like a 27 year old to like main event wrestlemania at this rate i mean rock got a clone right right who, who um, else could do that yeah, like, and, and you think about, like, he was essentially done by the time he was, like, 31 years old. He was, like, kind of phasing out of wrestling for the first time. And you think about, like, 
how quickly, like how quick his career is a fucking flash, like yeah. uh, compared to like it's like five you know, years. We, like we've been like like the like the time we've spent coming back and watching wrestling since like 2012, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's half the time The Rock was around, and like for like a, a like like a third of it, they had no idea what to do with him. Like, and then you know he goes around and takes like he gets to the top in two years. That first year is essentially a wash. Like you got to throw that one away. So like it was really like four years of him, and he, and he takes over, becomes like a huge star. Lots of big rivalries with Austin, with Foley, Triple H. Um, of course, you know, he's in the Nation of Domination, Nation of DX stuff. And he he really, like, you know, I, I thought there was something interesting. Like, he does all this stuff, gets to the top, main events, all those WrestleMania. They beat him at, like, three WrestleManias in a row. Yep. Um, imagine that. Um, and they really don't get, treat him well on the way out like they let his contract like expire in right. 2005 because they yeah. think he's gonna flop and he's gonna have to come back and uh, at a discount man what it's amazing that it, and i think it's the rock there is no one that understands like 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 rock had to do his jobs right mm-hmm. but he was always going to get them shits back and like there there's a job that was done that he's still waiting to get back one day and i don't know if like his his body is going to like basically hold up for him to get this done or whatever but brock lesnar owes him one like and and the, and the table is set to, to get that back or whatever. And you, you can check out Brock Lesnar's book, like for some of that stuff. And, you know, the rock like knows when to lay down and when, you know, he was, he's been t- taught to business by his grandmother, by his grandfather, by his mom, by his dad, like coming up for years, Pat Patterson from the time he was a teenager. So like it, I think some of the political stuff behind rock's career is fascinating that I don't think people uh, really dive into as much because, you know, obviously, you know, him and Shawn Michaels never worked together. Uh, The long rivalry with Triple H and him doing way more jobs for Triple H than like was warranted, I think. Um, And, you know, him think it's it's flat out It's like that's what it is. That shit was ridiculous. Like him, him, like putting over like Jericho and Angle or whatever, and mm-hmm. it was like they weren't gonna get up going through Triple H, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and good luck getting Austin to like do a lot of jobs around that time. And it was like you know, Rock kind of broke the system like for WWE because he was just so fucking great that you know they, they developed they a they lot of bad habits. Dumb. Right, right. They developed a lot of bad habits with the Rock. Um, yep. Any thoughts on The Rock, James? Man. Like, The the Rock and pro wrestling is, like, something you have to, like, is a place in time. It's like, that whole realm is a place in time. Um, like, to explain to somebody, like, from, ni- from 98 Royal Rumble or so, or, you know, to um, basically, like, 2000 that this person was going to do that and then next thing you know like become like the biggest star in Hollywood uh, 20 years later over the next 20 years 
You had to be there. You just had to. You can't, like, unless it, maybe there's a book that can encompass it. I don't know if there's one out there. There should be. I'd buy it. I'd read it. Um, but, um, the dude was one of a kind. Like, you know, for me, like, he's the best promo ever. He's the most, uh, charismatic person ever in pro wrestling. Like, I'm sure you have your arguments. You're, like, and I'm sure you got your reasons or whatever else. Don't bring it to me. I don't want to hear him. Don't give a fuck. Don't care. <laughs> don't care. You want to say Ric Flair? Sure. I'm not going to argue with you about that. Don't care, bro. CM Punk? Sure. Don't care. MJF? Don't care. John? Don't care. Name any of you want to. I do not care. They, like, Flair was the guy. He absolutely was. The Rock was like was doing shit that like shouldn't have worked at all. He made it work. Shit that people try to replicate. Can't even do it as good as he was. Think of how over Elias got doing basically bad, less inferior version of the Rock concert. Yes. Like that should tell you. Jesus. Um I need someone to steal the $500 shirts. Like that was my favorite Rock. I mean, you know, Ricky Starks are- is kind of doing that. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a little bit, but um, you know, people like like to talk about the Hollywood Rock being their favorite guy. My favorite guy was the People's Champ in two thousand five hundred dollars shirts, uh, short sideburns or whatever, kind of kind of trimming them up, but still there a little bit. Um, you know, the the shades, you know, sliding and doing the people's yeah. elbow, like yeah. nah, bro, like that was where it was at, like, and you know, I feel like as an athlete. I feel like Rock is real underrated, like, as an athlete, as a wrestler. He is, because um, it was so short. I, like, bro, like, I would I would love to drop, like, 2,000 Rock, you know, in with some of the best guys, like, and see, like, what, what he can do. Because, you know, he always had, like, kind of good matches with, like, you know, your super worker types of the time mm-hmm. that he was in. Like, you know, there's a, there a famous – raw match with him and eddie guerrero him and jericho always had uh pretty good matches as Mm -hmm. well him and angle was always awesome and you know as far as heavyweights him and triple h i think had like pretty good chemistry and yeah uh, like we knew he he was he was well versed in the real man match he would beat the shit out of you like (laughs) ask mick foley (laughs) yep uh you know the only thing you know you never really seen rock with was really him versus like the people that are really bigger than him. Like they didn't really, you know, go that direction a lot, but um, I think he would, he, he would be an interesting case of like, yo, what would he look like outside of the time he was in? Yeah. And I, and also it's like relative to his era and his experience, he would like, obviously people would be like, well, what about Kurt Angle? But outside of fucking Kurt Angle, he was fucking great for like his level of experience in in relative to the time and the promotion he was in. He was he was so good, and I think people get lost in that when you look at like um, when we talk about like the place and time thing. Is like you had to be there. Like there weren't too many people that were out here just going out here having like you know three and a half high threes, uh, an occasional a, a, a very occasional four or whatever else. Would like when did he start? When did he start wrestling? Nineteen ninety six. Right, like. And doing that, like, on the biggest promotion in the world by, like, you know, in two years. That was really hard to do. Like, you know, I don't even know. I, I have to go through his cage match and look at how many matches he had. But, like, that's back then when it was, like, you got to have 500 matches to not suck mm-hmm. was, was, the, was the talk. And it's, like, he was doing all that shit on the road. 
Right. And, uh, you know, he was uh, someone obviously had to give a gab and like, yeah, the big smile. And, you know, obviously they they had well, they had plans. They had a lot of smart people from the the beginning that were like, yo, this is fucking it. Like, you know, and it took a little while. But I remember being a kid and and liking Rocky Maivia or whatever. So, like, I, you know, I was down with him from day one. And then when he turned, I was like, bro, he's just even cooler now. Like, so it's just. Uh, you know, I think he's, you know, and then I, I think we should bring up like his, his return as well, because obviously there was like, it was a different time, a different age, like, yep. um, that he, he pretty much brought a lot of people back, like including me and James, right. uh, to, to watch, you know, what he had going on, um, then. And I think it worked like really well, at least that first year, like it was like biggest WrestleMania gate, you know, of all time, of course, like big, you know. I I, I love the match too. Um, yeah, and they were in Miami, like, and it was like a stadium sellout. You know, I I didn't enjoy the after WrestleMania twenty eight leading up to twenty nine as much because I felt like they leaned on him too much. I felt like I think CM Punk kind of got to his level and kind of like in a way that you know you know people like the revisionist history of like thinking like John Cena like had like out talk the rock or embarrass the rock like i don't think that was the case at all personally right Mm -hmm. i think cena had some shiny moments against him i i would say like you know like some of the rap stuff was 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 entertaining but like i felt like the rock like had it in the bag or whatever um the second time around not as much it wasn't you know i just wasn't feeling the whole thing or whatever but i feel like cm punk like humbled him like the, the like the the one we were in attendance for, and then like CM Punk was just like, "All right, man, that man made the Rock look mortal." Like this nigga's like this nigga's for real. But um, what do you like make of like? And you know, obviously, there's a looming threat of him coming back again. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like they want to really, you know, get to play cousins and really feed <laughs> into this or whatever. And um, I never really saw the 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 heat behind that matchup personally like i'm just like uh uh-huh. i don't know like I, i'd rather see like rock come back for for lesnar or something like that but uh-huh. um wh- what do you what do you make of like the, the future prospects of the rock and also like his uh his run since 2012 i'd say i mean it's instrumental to like how do i say this john cena in cm punk and Daniel Bryan by the by the things that happened in in you know in and around WrestleMania 28 became bigger stars, right? Like we do not want we do not start One Nation Radio without The Rock coming back. Like obviously it's just a us thing, but like the, you talked about it, biggest WrestleMania gate ever. Um, you know they thought they were going to be able to do this forever. It brought in the wave of the part timers or whatever else. And like that match was great. That first match was great. The second match is, you know, people. I think it gets it is not a great match. However, it is better than people give it credit for being. Um, you know, a lot of people wanted people wanted you know a different match. Um, but um, he was giving like the stuff he did with with Punk and with Cena was awesome. Um, the times he comes back, even unannounced, like it, it 
blows up your fucking phone and you gotta you gotta go to raw or wherever the hell to see what the hell's going on um that lets you know like that's the reason why people were so furious or mad when like you know the, the egg thing happening didn't show up at, at a um survivor <laughs> series like because it's the rock um but like yeah like i thought i thought the stuff that he did when he was back was quality and um you know there's matches for him to do like name like to you mentioned like roman and, and brock and i you know i thought we were gonna get roman and brock or brock and brock at wrestlemania 30 but um you know he got so beat up in the um, 29 match that like you know the production company insurance stuff for the movies like no nah, we're not doing that we're not covering that shit so um that's why we've been at the standstill but uh yeah like it this this last run seemingly would have to be the last run for Rock and like if it happens it'll get it'll get me to tune in it absolutely will I'm not even gonna pretend like no nah, that Rock can drop no bullshit <laughs> bullshit <laughs> the, the, the Rock will have me like they, they announced the Rock that he will be there I will be tuned in like literally one minute before that happens to, to go see what ha- see what he does whatever else and all that kind of stuff and we'll go from there um and I and I hope to enjoy it. And like you know, Brock is super talented. Roman is super talented. And hopefully they'll come up with something that doesn't feel like that doesn't feel contrived. They can come up there and go face to face and you know talk about who's the best and that sort of thing. Um, and hopefully they have some fun with it. Um, but yeah, like I, I thought you know for I mean you think of all the other part timers we've had. Like who did it better? Because um, Undertaker ran his course, Triple H ran his course, Shane, that shit always sucked. Um, like there's Brock, but I don't know. Brock, I kind of put Brock, Brock in a different Brock category. Brock ran his course quickly too, years yeah. ago. Um, like that, like Brock shit. Brock shit started hot and then phased down. Um, Edge, that shit, fa- that shit faded that shit out by WrestleMania time. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's like they're hoping they can start getting Cena, but like that don't look yeah. like is the case. Like it, I, like it feels like Cena's like he gave him SummerSlam, he gave him last summer, and then yeah. I don't he know how much more. Too. Yeah, like I don't know how much more Cena is gonna be, you know, around. So appreciate Cena while you can. Yeah, um, but I just uh, rock rock is a one on one man. Happy birthday to the rock. Right place, right time, all that. Like, it's one thing where it's like the talent or whatever else, but it's also like, ain't no way that the rock could be the rock now. (laughs) Ain't no way. They would have fucked him up. Wasn't nobody writing that shit. Wasn't nobody writing that shit he was coming up with. Nope. So, uh, shouts out to the rock for sure. Um, So, switching gears. we had uh, we have AEW Dynamite and uh, Rampage that happened last week. Uh, I forget where they were. At. They were in Philadelphia. Yep. So uh, always good when they go to the Northeast. Pretty good crowds uh, whenever they go out there. Um, we opened the show. Dax Harwood versus Cash Wheeler in an Owen Hart Cup qualifying match. Oh God! Here we go. Okay, so I, I I'm. Before I give you the runway, I just want people to know I gave the match four stars, and I'm good out the way. Go ahead, Rich. Okay. Um, the cosplay generals have done it again. Um, what I'm going to say is probably not popular. It is probably not the 
the general opinion of this match, the roses I saw being thrown at this, there are no greater workers than FTR that convince people what they think they're seeing while ignoring what they're actually seeing. I understand the love for Bret Hart. No one loves Bret Hart like I do. Got his book. Got him to sign it. Love Bret Hart. Talk about him all the time, a couple times a week to my friends. Talk about his book and how great it is and how detailed it is and it being the Bible of wrestling, essentially. Like, and you know, I love the Bret Hart is always right stuff because he is. I love when he kills Goldberg uh, for ending his career. Uh, but between CM Punk and FTR now in this match, they weren't just taking a spot here and there to make you think of Bret. They weren't just you know, doing like a cool move, like, hey, uh, I'm going to take a turnbuckle, run into it, you know, with my chest and everything like that. They're redoing entire sequences of several different matches, just just combining these shits uh, like all in one. And it's like, why am I impressed by this at all? Who are you like as a wrestler? Like the one time we may get like Dax Harwood versus Cash Wheeler. And I feel like it was very underwhelming. I feel like it was um, not a reflection of their true abilities personally. Uh, And it was just like the cosplay wrestlers being more cosplay wrestlers that they supposedly hate. That all the FTR fans, except Floyd, Floyd does not do this, uh, you know, largely champion and tell everyone else they're cosplay wrestlers. They're fake wrestling and all this stuff. And they're doing all these things. But all FTR has to do is show up with a heart foundation patch on the back and start doing some wacky roll-up pins and uh, a couple you know other sequences from wrestlemania 10 and people just lose their minds like just make it a little bit more difficult i shouldn't be like logging in like to twitter 25 minutes later and they have a side-by-side mock-up of of the sequences from from brett and owen immediately like everybody knew this was coming they did it anyway I was like, yo, what was so impressive about this? All you did was just steal sequences from 1994 over and over and over again. I'm sorry if you don't like hearing this, whoever you are that may be disagreeing with that. But when I watched the match, I was like, are you serious? This is what we're doing? Uh, What? Like, like Soldier Boy says, like you copied his whole fucking flow. Like, like shout out to Dylan, word for word, bar for bar. Like, where's the originality? Where's the like, you know, like where's like your kind of innovation here? I get it. You love Bret Hart. We all love Bret Hart. It's too much. It's too much between CM Punk, between Dax, between Cash. None of you are Owen Hart athletically. Nope. Let alone like you know, not pound for pound, are, not at not at a pound for pound level, no. Like and then and then like as far as technical precision, none of you are a Bret Hart. So like when I see like someone like and maybe this is a uh, uh, a function of me just like holding Bret and Owen to such a high standard, like and, and you know what tributes might not necessarily be like exact replicas of them or whatever, but like when I see someone wanting to like show love to some, I expect it to be in the ballpark personally and. Mm-hmm. It's not that the, the work wasn't like, you know, obviously the work was good, like, but it was like, all right, um, 
what made y'all go with that? Like y'all didn't want to add nothing else to it. Like like y'all are just determined to wrestle like it's 1993, 1994. Okay, I guess. Um, I'm sorry. Like it, it's it's just how I felt about it. Like you know, if you're upset with me for this, I'll live with it because like the FTR like stuff is. It's fascinating to to watch this it, 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 that no one is like understanding what's going on here. So for me, um, I had issues with the match as well. Like I did not watch this live. I ended up watching this on I want to say th- I want to say Saturday, and I put it on the press play, and within like probably 45 seconds I was like oh okay so here is, is Owen and, and Baldur's Brett right and I was like okay I, I'm fine with that but I, I know what's going on here um, then they open each other up with some chops and uh, and then from there and then like um, they were wrestling at such a pace I was like that was that obviously was unsustainable for them and like then they started and they did a good job of of doing old school lay on the mat selling of you know putting big moves so you know superplexes uh and stuff so where like they could do double down so they can you know catch their breath but the thing is like that worked then and i understand that like you're you know you're 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 cribbing from some of these mid-90s matches but like you're not working for the mid-90s you're working for 2020 um so for me um the thing you're talking about like trying to wrestle the precision of Brett and Owen. I, I'm not holding that as standard because I never, I don't see them individually as that level of worker. So like technically, so for me it's like, they're very, they're, they're great wrestlers, if you will. Like they're not like elite for their air level technical wrestlers, right? Like they're not like Johnny Gargano or uh, Pete Dunn, right? So, um, so for me, I was like, okay, they're doing it. They're doing a very good job with their wrestling. Uh, is it as to the level of the people that they're, you know, they're taking this stuff from? No, I, but I didn't hold that against them. So that, I guess is why I have a better, um, uh, I have a better outlook on the match. And like, you know, by the time they get to the finish, I was like, okay, of course it's going to end with a type of near fall, um, or some type of like roll up or whatever. I was like, they're going to make each other tap. Um, that's how I'm going to get out of it. So, I, I really enjoyed the match. Like, uh, I kind of, I you know, I, I I thought it was a great match. I I I I agree with your points. I just didn't have those kind of uh, that stuff didn't bother me when I watched it. Right, like mm-hmm. what you're saying is valid, but it didn't bother me. I watched, and I and I really enjoyed the match. And like similar to the Dustin and and um CM Punk match from the week before, it was like, yeah, you're right. It is a it is a Bret Hart Dustin match. I can see why you don't like it. I, I'm not expecting CM Punk and FTR to be able to wrestle like Bret, so I'm not holding to that standard. Like I'm just letting it go, right? And maybe yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm being um too kind with that but that's how i feel like i enjoy the matches like and then the other stuff with it like i i I see what you mean but like just me like just on a simple thing like did i enjoy the matches or not i enjoyed both matches but i was like absolutely right it was like the more i thought about it like the more like i didn't like it i was Mm -hmm. like because when i first i was like oh it was solid you know whatever and then i just started thinking about it i was like 
Bro, they just like is this a tri- is this a tribute or are you just stealing shit? Yeah, like, like and there's a there's a yeah. fine line, and I think it's fair to ask where that line is. Like mm-hmm. you know when when you're just taking like multiple sequences of just redoing moves and encounters and, and stuff, and it's just like I get the game of 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 taking from the past, of taking you know from what you're influenced by, but who are you? Right. Yeah. Eventually. Where's your Where's your actual like flair in in like impression of it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on it. But I don't know. People were probably upset, but whatever. Um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, can they really be? Because everybody was like, I mean, not everybody, but like a lot of people were hyping this shit up as like this is going to be some match of the year contender, and I was like, hey, look, what? I was like, the role that they're on right now. Like I didn't put it out of being like like I wasn't gonna say it was gonna be a match of the year contender or anything, but like being like match of the month or something, like could it have been? Sure. Hell Why no. not? Well so what's a match of the month? A four a three a four and three quarter star match? Uh you know, something like that. Like four and a half or, or better, like, you know, okay, get in the enough. range. Do like, I think so so for me, I think like in their best in their best days, they can have a four and a half star match with each other. Mm-hmm. Right, it just it wasn't the cards for him that particular night, but like I think that's I think that's the ceiling, right? Like mm-hmm. in, in like four and a half star matches. Like I mean, I, I I roughly saw two of those like in stardom just this weekend. So like you know like let alone like you know some saber or or will osprey shit from this year, right? So it's like when people were you know maybe maybe I don't know I just saw people were like super hyped for this thing like it was like. Pac and, and Omega, and I'm just like, nah, man, they're not that level of wrestler. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta stop this shit. <laughs> stop y'all gotta this. stop. Please. Like, and, like, when you talk about, like, they're, you know, they're great, they're better workers than y'all wrestlers, like, that's the kind of thing, you, like, you get is, like, how many times do we go through this thing, we talk about, like, you know, best tag teams in NXT at the time, and it's like, they were never the best tag team in any promotion they've ever been in, yet they still get into this conversation for they're the best tag team in the world, and it's like, how does this, who, who is doing their marketing? Who Them. is doing this? Like, like they've, they've made I, it part of their gimmick. Like Dax is real loud in pretty much. So every it's like Tia when he called himself the king of the south. But like it's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Like I know it, it wasn't absolutely ridiculous when Ti was saying right. it. Like right. it'd be like, um, like you know, we're determined to go down as the best tag team of all time. Like listen to how many times Dax says it, and okay. like eventually, like perception is reality at, at a certain point. Like, he's saying but, it for so long, people just kind of just start saying it. Yeah, but essentially. People, but also, like, the number, the most of the people that say that stuff are people that are like, I don't give a fuck what their opinions are on wrestling. <laughs> like, who, bes- who besides Floyd thinks the SCR is the best tag team award that you actually care what they think about pro wrestling? Oh, man. Um... I think Floyd's it. Floyd might be a one of one on that. It might be a one of one. Um, like, cause I can't like say like in my personal circles, like, you know, like FTR, like really ranks like that. Um, but I, you know know me, like I prefer their kind of tag team matches to then like a lot of guys, but it's like the outputs, the output, and like they're, you know, they have some issues at times wrestling certain opponents at times. Like I feel like they, I feel like this year was like the year where it was like, okay, they're all, you know, some of this shit that they, you know, they made adjustments, right? And they're back to being like what they kind of were doing in, um, in, in sometimes NXT or whatever. I was like those two matches they had earlier, like about a month ago. 
but um as far but then like i've always been like yeah like i think they're they you know dax can go out there and have really have great tag or singles match or whatever else but like as far as like a singles talent where it's all on you you gotta go 15 plus minutes that's really fucking hard for anyone um and like so for me i was like no i think i think the i think the ceiling's four and a half but like people were kind of like thinking like they're about to see like hangman and danglson i'm like really you like me to see hangman and danglson when have you ever seen them wrestle like Hangman or Danielson? The Coke is coking. <sighs> yeah, so, I, you know, maybe, you know, I was kind of like, but I like, you know, them at four stars, like, I, you know, if you were to ask me what I thought they'd do, I'd probably say a little bit better. So I'm not really holding against them or whatever else. Like, I, I, but like, I've seen people like, or I've seen someone to talk about it. They were disappointed. I was like, I don't know, you know. Like goes back to the work thing. Like I don't know what y'all expected from them. I just don't. I just think I'm y'all being unrealistic. I think y'all being too hard on these dudes. These boys masters, bro. Like they, I guess so. They figured it out. Yeah, you know. You, I remember last week. You know, kind of on the slide. You're like, we'll see if it's better than uh, was it BTE 200. It was not. Yeah, <laughs> it also wasn't better than right. <laughs> Go ahead, let let them know, James. Any, any of them Lucha Bros matches against each other in in AEW last year. Um. Uh, also, uh, I'm sorry. 2020, not last year. Sorry, 2020. Also, uh, the, none of them got no Chapel matches neither. None of them, except yeah. for the, in front of live crowds. If you want to say, well, what about what about the last, the final heartbeat? Sure, the one the one that the one that got derailed by the fucking pandemic. Sure, everyone else, no. <sighs> okay. Um. After that, CM Punk's on commentary during this whole match. He's, Which is also another thing was like added to it. Yep. it was like it was just too much. He, you, the two goons for F, for MJF are tagging each other, and CM Punk's or sorry, and MJF's biggest nemesis, the person that he hates the most in the world, um, is on commentary for because it's a because it's a, it's like all right, I get, I know what y'all are doing. This is a bit too much for me. This is a bit too much for me. But uh, you know, yeah. whatever. I guess it was. I get. But whatever. Like it was a moment for the boys, so the boys had their moments. Good for them. Yeah, I I was watching this match and I was like, man, the marks might be in the ring. So, <laughs> oh man. Um, after that, Punk said, uh, "It." Punk got on the mic. He, he was already out there anyway. Uh, he says that he can stand there and say, you know, he, he asked himself if he could do this before he came back. Now he can say he can. He said he's a fan of, of Adam Page and not to disparage. He doesn't want to disparage anyone he's been in there with thus far other than Eddie Kingston. Uh, you know, everything up leading up to now has been a warm up. Without the fans, there's no CM Punk. Without the fans, he doesn't come back to wrestling. Uh, Punk says he's not a gambling man, but he's going to bet on himself at double or nothing. And Hangman's going to know he's been in a fight and he's going to fight until the wheels fall off. Uh, and Paige had uh, COVID this week. That's why I missed the show. I'm still in the shell for you saying the Mars might be the ring. <laughs> but, but, um, 
And we'll get to that if we can start a review because there was one Mark and Reed on, on, on Friday night. But uh, yeah, uh, I thought this was a great promo. Um, kind of, you know, puts you, gives you a, a like that feel of when he first came back around the first few weeks where he's like, I'm just, I'm back. I'm happy to be around. I want to tell you guys that I'm happy and, you know, kind of, you know, show you that like, you know, just baby face talking, talked about, you know, where he, where he, where he is, where he wants to go. And I thought it was really cool. And, uh, my thought was a great promo. And I also liked the idea of him walking around the crowd. I, uh, I think he was going for the crowd being more hyped for it. Um, but it was still well done because of CM Punk and like the match is announced. And, um, yeah, uh, there is no wrong outside, outside of a stupid, bad, you know, run in or anything like, like this. There's no bad finish. They can flip a coin. It don't matter. This is a very dangerous match for Hangman. If you've thought everything's been too predictable thus far. I think you're in for a treat. So, um, because you can easily see, like, all right, you can easily see them be like, okay, so you you get you it, to punk. Get it on punk, you get it on punk, so you can get it to MJF, so MJF get it to Wardlow. You can see that you see, you can easily see that in the pipeline as far as the the transition, the transitions for like from 2020 to 2023. Um, but there's also a different timeline where they could do something else, like. Because uh, I mean, Hangman's had. I mean, if you lose the, you know, that'll be six months from the time he won it. Like, I don't think anyone complained about anybody having the given given the quality of matches he's had and and feuds he's had. Like, I don't think anyone complained about uh, c- could complain about a six month run. Um, so, uh, but whatever. Like, this is, you know, this is on paper, uh, the biggest match of Hangman's career, um. And like you know, Punk, you talk about the Bret Hart tributes or whatever else. Like the dude puts a lot of thoughts to his matches. He has a like, and he still has he still no has that thing that Jericho has where it's like he has his match and he knows how to get a crowd. Um, and he's gonna be in there with Hangman and like Hangman's just a dog, and <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Uh, we had. Uh... I, I think this could be. I know people have like really high praise for the. Uh, the the dog collar match, I think this could be CM Punk's best singles match, like no like regular rules match in AEW. I think this could be the, the place where he has that. Um, we had uh, Dan Lambert uh, backstage. He said this match is not a coincidence. Scorpio Sky cuts a promo saying he was screwed out of the belt. He's not here to complain. As Frankie didn't step aside to lose. Uh, the Philly crowd is here to see him beat Sammy's ass, and there can only be one face of TNT, which is him. Real fired up there for Scorpio. Then we got uh, the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Factory. The Wheeler Yuta story rolls on. Um, whoops their ass, essentially. Yeah. Uh, the match was centered around uh, Nick Camarado and Yuta. And um, he couldn't do anything with the size. He obviously had the technical advantage over him, but he couldn't do anything with the size at the beginning. And by the end, um, he's able to uh, get. You know, like the Daniel Bryan uh, elbows from like a uh, some type of like have your arms like locked out and then like drop elbows down on him. And then once he got him down to the mat, he transitioned to the the 
he did the the Mina flash pin, the the Mina the glorious um collection Mina pin, except without the Mina pose. But like, uh, he 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 basically like I think they called it a seat belt or a safety belt or whatever the hell they called it. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it was basically the same thing, like just uh, you know uh, transition over into a uh, crucifix, and it it was cool and like gotta say like these matches are fun. They're just like party matches almost with like instead of flop, you know, flying around like it's just like cool interactions and ass beating is fun. They book them next week against Angelico and Butcher and the Blade. I get it, bro. I get it. Every fucking week, like like one of these one of these matches. This is the wheel the, the Wheeler Yuta story. Like I get it. Like the promotion has become like, or I won't go that far. Because there's a lot of hyperbole elsewhere that I don't want to indulge by putting it here. But if I go through the last, like, X amount of weeks, it's like one of these these matches. It's like, bro, I get the point already. Like, like you're beating it home to me, bro. They, they fuck people up. I understand, bro. Like, can we get a real opponent to them yet? Or somebody, please? I think that they're still waiting for, like... The uh, the announcement of like the trios titles, whatever else. Like I mean, we just got uh, Phoenix back this week, mm-hmm. so you know they're still waiting on that. Obviously, they're still waiting on um, Omega to figure out what the hell's going on. Like they're they're kind of a uh, trend water, but I, for me, like at least like these matches are fun. Um, we'll see what happens when like when it comes, you know, because we're getting to that time where they need a, a pay per view opponent. So we'll see. Yep. Uh, we had Shivani with Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Tony Storm. Tony says she's going to see Jamie in the first round. She wants Britt to say hello to her friend, Ruby Soho. Ruby comes on screen. Um, she basically says, um, like, she can't imagine a better way to make change. Uh, every time, you know, someone new shows up, Britt basically, you know, starts swinging her proverbial around. And then Jamie Hayter, like, looks underneath. It was pretty funny. Um, uh, Britt said there's no physicality, so they're going to visit Ruby's, Ruby's home catering. So, uh, one of those burying her. Um, then Jungle Boy was backstage. He said he knew he could have won. Christian Cage told me sounds like a loser, but that was a teachable moment. Uh, but they can write it wrong. And all of a sudden, like Ricky Stars just appeared like he was in a whirlwind, essentially. Uh, and then challenged them, you know, to a tag team title match with him and Hobbs. And I don't know when that is, but that should be a pretty fun match. Yeah, I agree. Um, teams has heating up all of a sudden. Yeah, I. Will you have been mad at this been like the pay per view match? Because I wouldn't have been. No. Yeah, so I, I wonder but what they come up with. It might, like I think it might like still come back to Swerve and like Keith Lee? Keith Lee or something. I mean, if like, it, okay. So. After that, we got Lance Archer versus Wardlow, and yes, uh, the War Dog once again. Uh, and Lance Archer did, you know, this this was a pretty fun match here. Yep. Uh, Wardlow flying around, bumping Archer flying it, around. Yep, and then like I was like, this is better than any Undertaker versus Kane match that ever happened. <laughs> Josh didn't like that, but I was like, this is better than any of those matches that ever happened ever in history. Uh, War and we're not talking about like some all-time match. We're talking about like yeah, three like, and that, know, some low three, high, mid three type of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, they, they, you know, like the big dudes start flying and flipping, you know, you know I'm going to have a certain amount of appreciation. Uh, it's amazing they're still letting Warlow do that swan time with Jeff Hardy around, but uh, yeah, well, who War- has more Warlow impressive swan time at this point? Because uh, Jeff just landing on bitches. Yeah. Like, he just dropping his whole body on people. Yeah. Um, this man has this man has figured out that like it's that, about he, me. that that human bodies are softer than uh than the canvas. That's that's he has figured it out. He's like, sorry, brother. <laughs> Better <laughs> you than me, bitch. <laughs> Look, bitch, you, bitch, you gotta lock up. Uh yeah, so uh but yeah, like, you know, I I, I thought I thought it was really fun and um I am. I will say this. I'm not looking forward to the next opponent for forward low. I will. I will push back on that. I will push back on that. So like, W Morrissey is rumored to be the opponent that's coming to MJF. Cut a promo after yep. that, and all I have to say is W Morrissey is not Big Cass. Um, this guy has completely rebuilt his look. He's got like a Psycho Sidian kind of. Uh, aura about him, like he, he knows exactly who he is. Very confident. Every time I've seen him, like he, he, he completely. I imagine he's still look. a good promo. Probably still a good promo, and like he's he's wrestling in these jeans. He's jacked. He's oiled up. He's yep. tanned. He's yep. still tall. Whatever. Yep. He's not seven feet yet. He's still six seven or he's six still nine. Still six seven, six but nine, like he's he know he's insanely protected in impact. Um, and I remember like checking him out last year and being like, I wouldn't be opposed to him getting a chance somewhere else again because like he's too big for impact. Like let's just let's just say what it is. Like eventually, like you would think WWE would would call him uh, would would eventually give him a call one day if it didn't end too badly there. And okay, you know if this is a case where it's like a scouting thing, like you know if he may come into AW one day, like if he's by himself, like not bring Enzo with him like I think there are worse things that like and the week Joey Janela is out of here essentially uh W Morrissey comes in he apologized to Janela though I know okay like, okay yeah and but I I don't think he's uh he's not the 2018 big ass uh you know that that version of him like I would be excited to see especially in there with Wardlow like Nah, like they could do something. I think, and we'll you know, if it's a, if it's a one off, it's a one off. But like, I don't think this is a uh, like this is some tragedy that he's he's coming because like I, I'm into the guy. Like as as far as his how he's presented an impact. We'll see. I'm just at a point now where it's like unless you're a super talent, I don't th- or or you're a need, you're a real need. I don't see why they need him or need somebody like added to the roster at this point, right? Like. Mm-hmm. At this point, like need to take needs and like you know the super luxuries that put him over the top that you have to take. Uh, so for me, like he's not he doesn't fit in either one of those categories. So I, I you know um, the thought of him coming in for one match, fine. My thing is like, what if he has one match, it goes really good, and then we're like, nah, bro, we need to we need to go ahead and sign, you, make you make sure that you're all elite, brother. And then I'm like, nah. No, nah, but uh, well, especially, especially look when, look what Rowan Eric Rowan just did. Like that man showed up. He didn't get signed. Right, right, he did it. Right. He did his thing. Right. My my whole thing is like you know, I, I I've had I've had you know bad relationships with previous promoters, and like I'm, I'm I, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to, to to give full trust. 
you know so, so, so uh, when does that end huh when does that end never that it's it just like bitch i don't, it, it I don't think i'm ever gonna life. trust rossi or tony khan <laughs> for life i don't think i'm ever gonna trust either one of them nah man nah for life for life you got the you gonna have to always earn it that's so funny. You got to always earn it. You know, treat you like Jerry Rice. You got to come out here. You got to come out here and run this goddamn hill and be ready at all times. <sighs> you got to be ready to go. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see. Like if it's one match, fine, because you know they also they also did the one match thing with like uh, Nick Gage, for example. Mm-hmm. That's fine, and uh, that's a that's a feature of uh, of the the MJF pattern is. Like, Ooh, they're gonna be long. No, they're not in Long Island this week. My bad. Yeah, uh, I'm mistaken what I was gonna say, but like they've done it before. But I was gonna mention a longer one, but that was actually Jericho bringing in Jeff Cobb. But uh, um, yeah, like AEW has a history of bringing uh, basically outsourcing heel work from out of promotion to come in for a hot match and then leave. So um, yeah, uh, this could be it, and I hope that's kind of it. Um, as far as W. Morrissey and his in the rest of his career. He turned his life around and good for him. Um, I have not seen any of his stuff since then, but you're right. Like I've, I have seen the physique change. Like he definitely has um, put in some work. So good yeah. for him. Um, then we had like Jericho Appreciation Society cutting a promo uh, with Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz. This was like, I, I, I don't know if I was like halfway paying attention or whatever, but this got really intense at the end of it. Yeah. Um, this uh, was a whole deal. Like I thought Angela Parker was, was great. Like they have tons of presence on a microphone. Uh, Jericho demanded an apology. Uh, Ortiz says he has something better and he flips a bird to him. J- uh, Santana does the same. Jericho turned his back uh, on the guys that knew him best. And Daniel Garcia, like sh- looking like a mobster with a, with a damn wife beater and the Kangol on backwards starts mocking Eddie Kingston's eyebrows, which was funny. Um, <laughs> it was like, bro, you try me hard. You got your eyebrows done, bro. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's Daniel Garcia's best mic, best moment on the microphone that I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, um, basically he's like lunging at them and act like, you know, he's saying what y'all going to do like, and all this other stuff. It was pretty funny. Uh, Eddie Kingston says he hates all that sports entertainment crap. I agree. Um, he said they're going to get to Chris regardless. They don't care if it's five on three. Jericho says that's the problem. They're not smart enough to realize it's five on three. So he's they're putting a hit on him and they're going to take him out one by one. Eddie Kingston asked him if he knows, uh, you know, what a hit means. He said in his world, that means he ends things. Uh, Jericho says no wrestling company wants him. It's his last chance. So he needs to stand and do as he is told, calls him a bitch. Uh, Eddie says he's not, you know, going to hit him or anything, but he can smell the fear coming off of him. Uh, Eddie says, you know, they've done it before and, you know, they'll put these guys on the ground or whatever. Train killer. Eddie Kingston, um, and he basically, uh, you know, sells Jericho. They're, they're not prepared to do that. Jericho's backing all down, selling it wonderfully. So, like, you know, just more Jericho and King- Kingston magic. I loved it until the part about talking about what a hit is, because I was like, y'all want a killer. Stop this. Like, <laughs> stop. Like, uh, stop. Uh, like, obviously, he didn't say that they were killers that per se. They were talking about, like, where they're from. There are killers. And I, I'm, I'm fine with that. But it's like, 
yeah, bro, I get that. Like, and you've been beating shit out of each other. Like, but you're you're fake fighting. Stop. Like, it's not going to escalate to that. It's not. And then, like, <laughs> and not like I think you know what it was. It was like when he put the when uh, he did the the finger guns to to Jericho's temple. That's when I was like, okay, get the fuck out of here. But before that, not with ism. <laughs> you want to say this? Thing? <laughs> sure. In this case, no, I wasn't. With, I wasn't with the handgun ism. But uh, for that one, it, it checked me out. But like up, but right up until that point, I loved it. I really did, and like I really like the you know the story they're telling, even if it is like quite obvious, it's like sports entertainment versus the real, like Jericho is a phony and versus a real person like Kingston and Santana and Ortiz. And you're right. And like, you know, Jericho's out here with those boots and like, he was behind that table oh, and, he, and, he, and he moved out the way and got to the front so he could show, so, showcase them boots. And I was like, when I was watching, I was like, Oh, he definitely got, he definitely was like, nah, I'm not, the camera can't catch these boots. I'm moving so they can see these goddamn boots. That man specially ordered those. Yeah. He was like, how many bedazzles can you put on it? <laughs> okay. Can you yes. put more? Yes. Like <laughs> more Kobe system, more. Yes. Yes. Uh, Rick James would have loved those shoes. Prince would have loved those shoes. Um, you know, lot, yeah, lots of brothers would have worn those shoes in the 70s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. Uh, and then cut you with a razor. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Like, don't, don't think it's game. Do not do not think it's game. This shit's not sweet. Uh, so we'll get to it later, but another part that makes us like uh, what happened later in the show, I was like. What? But uh, you can you can move on. So we had uh, Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida in a Philly street fight. This was pretty good. Um, I I didn't think it was a super match or anything, but I thought it was like it, it wrapped up their their series for the moment. Uh, they're in the same building that this whole thing started between them with the fifty win trophy. Um, uh, Serena Deeb gets the win. Uh, good physicality all throughout this, and uh, they're. Pretty much, you know, just just using the knees, uh, you know, to attack each other. They had uh, Carl Shida came out in the street fight gear, so uh, I definitely <laughs> she, need this. She wore shirts. She wore some yes, shorts. I, I need the street fight Carl Shida alternate uh, attire in the video game. <laughs> um, so definitely, they need to do that. Um, this this is no, nah, this is a pretty good match, and um, I think that uh, this. We've we've pretty much seen Serena Deeb come in even before anyone else did. Uh, I would say on this show because like once the ball got rolling on Serena, it was kind of like the green light for them to take the belt off Brit and then onto the new person uh, in Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa rolls through you know her ma- her quote unquote mandatory challenge with Nyla Rose, and then who do you go into possibly your first like you know pay per view match at? You're gonna have. Serena Deeb, who's fresh off of uh, big wins against Sheeta, the long series with uh, doing the squashes, essentially the five minute white girl challenges or whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> so she's been like, she's, she's primed up. Of serenity? Something, I don't know. Yeah. Um, like and she, uh, like, they're, they're primed to probably have a pretty good match and come double or nothing. Yeah, um, expected a really good match from both of them. Um, and you know, that was the whole thing. Like, once, once they get this match, it's like, well, where could it go from this? Like, once it, once they're done, it's like, all right, well, Sheeta goes down and for now, and, um, Serena needs to go up, uh, to be the challenger. Um, 
I think there's gonna be a lot more to this as far as like character work and promo stuff and in um, building on like attention and like making uh, Serena out to be a scoundrel uh, with Rosa compared to Sheeta. I just think that they had the matches and they had the heat. It just it wasn't. A, I don't think from a storyline perspective, it was. It, it, I don't think that it was. I think it was just very you know bare bones. And for me, that worked. I think for a lot of people, it left them cold, and that's why they mm-hmm. almost often forget about this when they talk about like the women's division. Um. So so yeah, like I think that um, I thought it was a good match, and um, I thought it told a good story with working over the knee to where she had no choice but to tap, and um, it's been playing is it. like Serena just like starts wearing wearing down your joints and and you break. Uh, so like that's a great hill to have to for the face champion to go uh, go against eventually. Um, that's what we assume. So yeah, um, well done. We got MJF and Sean Spears backstage, and that's when he cuts the promo about Debbie Morrissey. Lights went out. Uh, Fuego Del Sol is shown laid out uh, in front of the House of Black. Uh, Malachi Black looked like he was going to pull the mask off of him, but then Alex Abrahantes, quote unquote, was in the ring. Immediately, I knew something wasn't right oh, yeah. because I'm like, I was like, hold on, that voice is not like right. coming from that direction, or whatever. I and thought then, it was Penta that was in the ring, and then they were going to bring out Ray from the ramp, and then said it the other way. Yep, uh, and they said they've been waiting for the moment to blindside the House of Black. Then all of a sudden, Penta and Pack appeared, and then Alex Abrahante shows up on the then, yes apron, and you're and like, hold on, right? Well, and then these idiots, they never turn around and be like, well, who the fuck is behind us then? They never even did that. Like, if it's four, if it's three, y'all, and there's, and there's one back here, and who is this? And they, they, they just sat there and they waited for uh, the whole time. Like, one second I hear Abraham that show up the front, I turn around and like, nah, we got to jump this dude. We outnumbered, but whatever. Right, right. Um, and then uh, Phoenix Let returns. me tell you what else I do in wrestling storylines. What? <laughs> I was like, Look, no, I was joking. Like, you know, obviously they had to do that, but like, you know, if it were me, it's like, well, yeah, like this ain't a movie, bro. Like you're not in the movie. Relax. <laughs> so go ahead. Okay. Um, and then Ray Phoenix uh, shows back up. He sw- he has a shovel, <laughs> and then the Death Triangle tries to uh, attack them. Phoenix uh, and Buddy Matthews kind of square off. Um, Phoenix, you know, gets back to flying, and I-, I see Death Triangle back, and I'm like, yes, let's bring him back to the essence in the air. You know, let, let's get it back to the essence of AEW. You know, bring my dog Ray Phoenix back in this bitch. Turn this bitch up. Happy he's back. Happy he's back. Happy to see him. Um, that match gonna be awesome. <laughs> like, are they gonna be able to hold it off, or do they need to have like one match and have a rematch on pay per view? Um, I think they might fuck around and book it before pay per view. I'm thinking like, they shouldn't, but. Well, they, like, that's they, why I'm they thinking, should put it you know, on they like to have that, that good. Right. I think they're going to be in a situation where they're like, all right, we'll um we'll do like this live one. rampage or right. whatever, like we, something like that to, you know, give it a big main event, you know. Like when they have boy, that match is going to be out of this world. <laughs> that match is going to be one of the best matches in AEW this year. Uh when they when they have the real match uh eventually. Like maybe they do too. Maybe they do one and one and they move on from there or you know, set up for like we'll see what we'll see what they do. Like just 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 give them like fifteen minutes, please. Just give them like fifteen minutes, let them just do their thing. It's gonna be awesome. So they showed Swerve backstage with Darby Allen. I saw this, I had no idea it was coming, and I was like, All right. Well, I'll be damned. 
Uh, so Swerve says uh, friends is a strong term after Shivani says these guys are friends. He said they're rivals who beat each other up, and he's looking forward to making Rampage Swerve's house. Darby says he hates to break it to him, but AEW is Darby's house, and he's been here since day one. He's tired of Swerve walking in the company saying it's his house. He's going to show him why in the tournament. So Swerve versus Darby was booked. Yeah, Undisputed Elite versus the Babyface Army of the Varsity Blondes, Dante Martin, Brock Anderson, and Lee Johnson. Pretty standard uh, fare here. Undisputed Elite hit like a four-way uh, BT yeah, trigger on Lee Johnson. Adam Cole doesn't even tag into the match until the finish. Right. It, and he has a whole bunch of tape on his shoulder the whole time. Uh, yeah. So it's like, how badly, what kind of shape is he in right now? For, like, that he man did probably nothing going through it. Match. And going then, through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, you know, he can heal up some. And obviously, it ain't too bad because they didn't cancel the match, but like he did very little. Yep. Um, so a lot of a lot of athletic guys. Like, uh, of course, Dante Martin is back singles. So yeah. uh, anytime you're getting Dante in there, some good stuff is happening. But they they also told the story earlier that like you know. They still kind of were uh, Fish and O'Reilly and the Young Bucks were still kind of at odds and not really trusting each other. And then they were getting their ass hand to them. And eventually, like they rallied and they were like, "You know what? Fuck this. We're better than them. We're not losing." And then they, and then by the end, that's when they kind of like got them all on the pa- same page where they started hitting, you know, tandem moves. Uh, and then they, you know, hit the BT trigger and then they won. And now they're all like, you know, undisputed elite. So it was, it told it, you know, it was nice as far as nice development more than just, I think the development of, of this was better than the match. Cause the mm-hmm. match is kind of there, which is some, saying something. Cause like the young bucks almost, I don't think I've ever seen a, just kind of their young bucks match before ever. They're, they're, t- I, I don't know if they're, uh, they're broke up. In, it might be, they might be hurt. I don't know. They might, I think they could be hurt. They're not, like, they're not they- wrestling much at all. Like, bro, like, they, throughout the – you look at the first five months of this year, you've got the match with FTR. Mm-hmm. You've got the pay-per-view match that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, some of the battle royal work. Besides that, it's been slim pickings. Like, I think they did a match with Top Flight on on a Rampage. Yep. Uh, yep. yep. I think yep. we may have That's seen – a, a, it was a singles Nick Jackson match with Trent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, they, they had a pretty light load – this this uh so five so, months yeah. or so yeah so hopefully those guys uh can can heal up and you know get back get back to it so uh always good to see the when the well, bucks show yeah. up or they might be saving some stuff until like the omega thing i don't know who knows yeah. it could be both yeah so after that we got the tnt championship ladder match sammy guevara versus scorpio sky and Sammy came out to the ring, or before Sammy came out, Scorpio met him in the entrance, started brawling with him. Uh, this had good energy. Thought the crowd was into it. And um, by the end, they were going nuts. But there was like tons of shit in this match. Crazy dives, bumps, and like there was a huge botch. Like where Scorpio Sky didn't catch Sammy, and Sammy landed directly on his fucking head when he did like I don't know what the fuck he did. He did a twisting well, six thirty off the ladder. <laughs> That boy crazy, and it was like, what do you expect that was gonna happen? Yeah, like I watched I was, it, I watched it, you know, on on a Saturday. And I was like, I watched. I'm like, oh fuck, he just dropped it. I was like, oh shit, he just landed on his head because like he landed and then like his head, and his head would lash in the back of his head to the mat, and then he look at him, he looks like he's like you know, 
looks like it, it might be some situation where it might be, you know, not a little loopy at, le- at the least. I'm like, fuck. And I was like, you know, I thought myself, like, well, Scorpio Sky can't do nothing with that. It's too many, it's too many elbows and feet and boots and, and knees, like, flipping around and you can't get a hand on it. Like, the most he could, like, Scorpio got a hand out. That's mo- and while falling backwards. That's the most you can do without, you know, worried about getting, your, uh, t- you know, your nose not uh, down your, uh, your nose not down your nose. Yeah. <laughs> no, your nose not down your sinuses. Like, so I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't be mad at Scorpio. What the fuck is supposed to do? It's like, that's on Sammy not to do that move. You got to do something else. Otherwise, he's going to, you know, his brain's going to be a slushy. So, um, yeah, like, I was concerned by that by that moment. Um, it, you know, it also sucked because it didn't look good. So, they didn't, I don't think they really replayed it because it didn't look that good because, like, it wasn't a nice catch. And, you know, he, like, the cool he thing was they, they were going to break. And that, that shit, like, that's right. closed, closed yeah. the screen. Yeah, and it looked more like he, uh, you know, it looked more like he took, you know, because he, he looked more like he fell than he actually landed on Scorpio. So, like, damn, that sucks. Um, and, you know, then they, um, I think they set the ladders. They were going to do, they, you know, they did the reversal off of the, uh, you know, what happened in the Cody match with the, the you know, the alley-oop um, cutter. cutter. Where, yeah. like, instead of this time, like, in midair, Scorpio is the one that does the cutter. Uh, so that was a great counter off of, uh, you know, playing on the ladder match, a superior ladder match. But um, then the bullshit starts happening. <laughs> all the run-ins and like you know more setting up of the mixed tag that I don't care about but it's like um, bro like I thought we were gonna get finally like get these like these two have been like marred with run-ins this whole feud and yeah. I was like damn like can we like get these two to buy themselves but like I think the crowd like actually liked it and oh yeah they were hot for the fighting I it just for me I didn't care for me I, it made me check out it's like, oh, we're not going to figure out who the better man was or better athlete was? Okay, great, cool, whatever. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's, you know, you can be like, well, well, it's a ladder match. All you do is going up and grabbing, you know, grabbing something. Like, but, like, no one no one got beat. No one got beat or in that kind of way. It's like they did that stuff. They did the they did the spot that I thought was kind of neat where, like, the opposite uh, per, the opposite women were on each other's shoulders and whatever else. They got knocked off. Uh, then... And then, oh, they brought up the barbed wire ladder, which is like, Scorpio does a spot on the, gets, gets thrown on the ladder, and then, Bro, like, his shit. bat doesn't come up, like, nothing rolling. It was like, oh, so it's fake. Okay, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't, it doesn't really bother me if he's bleeding or not, right? But I was like, okay, <laughs> so, like, but I understand, like, you know, it's like when people, when they start, when they fixed up Hell in a Cell, where people don't get cut up with it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. like, I know what you're going for. I don't need blood to, you know, to 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 be like, ah, uh, you know, see how real it is. Like, I don't care. So it's fine, right? But then after that happens, Sammy sets up the ladder, uh, sets up the, the barbed ladder up against the ropes, and they end up in the fi- at the end where uh, the ladder, uh, they're on, they're on the top of the ladder in the middle, um, and. Scorpio pushes Sammy off the ladder. He falls into the uh, the, the barbed wire ladder to his death. And 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 you know, I guess uh, Scorpio from exhaustion collapses. He goes back down. Uh, the crowd pops. They know that's the finish. He readjusts the ladder to where like he's facing uh, the ladder is now facing uh, to where like if he climbs up. He's facing the car cam right. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, well that's a good shot for you know for the win. Sammy out of nowhere, like, re- you know, 
I don't know, gets de- gets defibrillated and like gets up and springboards onto the ladder and then and and the crowd's like, what? And like Scorpio beats him by just shoving him off. And I was like, why the fuck would you why the fuck you get back up then? The finish was you got you died uh falling onto a barbed wire chair. You're not topping that by getting pushed off at the end. D- just stay the fuck down and let him win. Yeah. Why I are you finishing that. why are you not finishing on the hot spot in a ladder match? That's fucking stupid. I thought it was dumb. So I, it, it irritates me. I, I, I think he wanted to look more like a badass from getting up off the uh the the barbed wire. You know what's real badass? Deal. You know what's really badass? Losing by getting shoved off the ladder as opposed to falling to your death on a on a barbed wire ladder. That's so much better. So much better. You look so much tougher, Sammy. Fuck. <laughs> it's like I, I felt like I was Jim Cornette. Like, like, have we lost a plot here? <laughs> I was like, just if you, you can't go down on that one, no. All right, fine. You have a better spot. Like, if he had a better spot, I'd be like, fine. But he didn't have a better spot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck. All right, man. All right. Whatever. People were going crazy when Scorpio pulled the belts down. Um, so it worked. <laughs> Whatever happened. So uh, Sam was getting big booze. Uh, the whole match, uh, the the double turn seems to like has, have done his job. Scorpio Sky got a reaction that I don't think he's ever gotten, um, which is good. Um, they're, they still got the, um, even more than like, like the, 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 F, the SCU stuff, uh, when he was getting himself over at the beginning in 2019, I think this is bigger than okay. that. Um, I, I just wonder if it's close. You're probably right. I just wonder if it's close. Cause I mean, they, they were really in a Scorpio sky when he's out here wrestling one shoe on shit. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and then, you know, I think this has come up to like, I think people got, have gotten really hyperbolic about the TNT title. Uh, as far as the uh, people calling it like a 24-7 belt, like I think that's absurd. Yeah. I'm like, it's not even like the WWE United States title or the Intercontinental title. I was like, let me know when the TNT champion is like losing non-title matches over and over and over and then getting like left off of cards. Like, let me know when that happens. Like, then we can say it's a belt that doesn't matter or doesn't mean anything. It, it went from a couple of guys to a couple of guys, like back and forth. So, I think people are going a little nuts with it. But I, you know, I, I think it's so like it's a it's a diversion from, uh, like I don't know, like it, when you look at it, it's the only belt in the company that's changing like that. Uh, the women's belt, yep. super stable, or and I, I don't know if the idea of stable is necessarily everything because look how much people were tired of Britt Baker like about halfway through that thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I think this, you know, and when I talked about it before, like as far as like removing a belt from its early history, it's like I think the TNT title is completely unpredictable now. That works for me, like feeling like it can change like at any time. Uh, I think, you know, just the, the calls for Miro are just like – I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, Sammy Guevara has had four times as many great matches as Miro did with the title. If it feels different or bigger to you, I'm not going to argue with you about that. But um, I've enjoyed like the TNT title pretty much much now as I ever have. <laughs> um, I think that, 
I'm not really sweating it because it's like I feel like they'll stabilize eventually. Um, but it does feel a bit like, yeah, like okay, so Samuel's a champion. Like the week before Christmas, he loses it to, to uh, they lose it to Cody. Cody gives it back to Sammy. Sammy loses it to Scorpio. Sc- Sammy wins it from Scorpio. Scorpio gets it back, and it's like, all right, so. I saw so I saw somebody. Uh, I think it was I think it was Reg. I think Reg was talking about like you know this belt's had like forty nine title defenses and had X number of chan- or reigns and it's like relax. I'm like, yeah, but like I think the complaint that most people have now is like the part where it's like all almost all these goddamn reigns have been, <laughs> been in the last six months or or, or four months. Uh, so like yeah, I think that just like. It'll stabilize, and it'll be fine. I'm not sweating it, but because um, as you mentioned, like it's been been swapped between three people. Mm. It's not in the world, but it's like, like bro, like I remember of, when it, when the Intercontinental title like dove off a cliff in like 1999. Like this ain't that. I, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, at the same time, like I'm not I'm not really concerned about what WWE is doing, and I understand your point is like the people that are criticizing this are the people that would that aren't acknowledging and are you know coming from a place of bad faith. But for me, it's just like all right, like I understand what you're doing, and like at least it's had a reason of like it it, it facilitated the double turn. So whatever. Mm. But um, now that we're past that. Can Scorpio please hold on to this fucking title for a couple months? Like, I don't need to see another title change every three weeks mm-hmm. on average. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, aside like, from You got to put some guys down, too, I think. That's where I'm getting like, at. Like, actual, like, guys. Like, and, and I if think, they want to like, push him, sure. If they don't, then, like, what the fuck? Sure. Like, because, get it off Because I'm like, if, if you want to give him the, the, the good hand army like you did for Sammy or whatever, like, and Kazarian, while he's still... While he's still delivered or whatever in those matches, I'm like, all right, um, you know, it, like if I if I pull up the roster as as I'm prone to do, right? Like, can I count on Scorpio Sky beating? Like, how many people can I can I count on him? Like, you know, mm-hmm. getting getting a win over so, like people that are heels that are out there that that have like name value. Like, mm-hmm. can I count on him? Like, say, say he runs into Jericho or something. Can I count on him beating Chris Jericho? I don't know if I can. Well, well how about this, right? Before he became the TNT champion, if I told you it was going to be Babyface uh, Scorpio Sky versus Lance Archer, are you expecting, are you picking him over Lance Archer? Because I wouldn't have. I don't know. Only because Archer is like a monster of the month type person. So... Maybe and, and if family, and if like, Silverio Sky's not cha- not the uh, champion, he's like the baby face that like gets fed to the monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would I would have to look at the roster, but I feel like I feel like they got to make a statement uh, with this. Like they 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 did what they did. Like they have a chance to give him someone that's or give him like a, a row of bodies. Like how you know they were like, yo, we've got um. You know, we got these people lined up for Heyman to ensure that, you know, he's going to be looked at in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, like, like, I want to see see the heels that are around, like, you know, like, what, what's Adam Cole doing? Adam Cole can come over here and lose the Scorpio Sky. Like, Adam would they Cole's do that? Scorpio Sky. I don't know. I know like, they're not doing that. So it's like, what are we doing? Like, right. are we going to go with Frankie? Like, and then, like, are we doing, I don't know, man. Like, so, like. And I think that's what that's on that's on TK. That's not yep. on Scorpio. So like right. it's like, hey, 
do you want right. do you want the belt to to be a big deal or not like or do you want to just be like oh, okay yeah it's, it's you know they'll put it on on in the main events and it's cool so but, my question for you is this right how long can they hold off people like Ricky Starks Jungle Boy uh, Swerve how long how long can they hold those people off before they get to that uh, I would say a minimum of two months, three months. Like, and okay. you know, you look at all the the influx of people. Everyone wants. Remember, they were trying to give Sammy Guevara's TNT title away the second he got it, just to every new person that comes in the door yeah. or whatever. And it's like, and, and I think is Dave Meltzer still tiring. talking? About, is Dave Meltzer still trying to get uh, Daniels in the TNT title for some strange I reason? I think he's like eased off of that. Okay, but. Like, that's another thing. It's like, all right, do you want to put it on, like, one of the people that are just not the world champion? Like, you can do that um, as well. But, like, there's going to be a demand for people, like, and maybe it's a function of how people watch wrestling. They only watch it through the prism of titles, which to me feels like a pretty limiting construct, personally. But they have so many people like there's got to be something that goes around i think just to pacify that feel so like i don't know like it like if, if they started booking this thing to where like scorpio sky is not going to drop the belt to full gear and shit it's like bro there's there's so many people mm-hmm. like i don't think that's feasible either oh yeah that, yeah it is. that's definitely not happening that'd be wild. so like that'd be wild they be like, yeah, man, he's gonna run with this shit for like, like it's the ECW Television Championship or something like that. So like, <laughs> you know, I think that's why it's kind of good to have those ROH belts in the mix, mm-hmm. like to kind of like, you know, you buffer with those shits, like maybe. Um, but you know, I think I think people should be conscious of what they're saying. Like, it's not the twenty four seven title. Yeah, yeah, that's hyperbole. It's ridiculous. But we had a uh, rampage uh, as well, so we had Swerve and Darby, and I felt like we got a great chapter one out of it. Was like an intro on the album where, where it wasn't a real song or whatever, but they just jumped on the beat for like a minute and a half and was like, "Oh yeah, get ready" or whatever. Um, and then like they did the distraction finish uh, with uh, Darby using his his leg pick roll up. Move to beat Swerve. I keep forgetting uh, round the name one. Of I forget the name of it, but uh, Ricky Starks kind of distracted Swerve, like kind of came, got in the yes. way. Uh, the work before that, like they were like they were going nuts at the beginning of, of this, and then um, I don't know, man. Do a clean finish. Personally, I, I guess it rolls into Starks and Swerve, like kind of continuing outside of it. But I'm like, I, I would have liked a clean finish, but yep, same here. I, I would like to see them have a real match. Um, yeah, uh, but still a very good match. I wouldn't I wouldn't go great, but very good match for the time it was given. And you know, I was deflated by that by that uh, finish with Stars come off commentary to walk up there and like swerve caught the the good old fashioned Triple H or not Triple H NXT distraction finish. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, I gotta tell him to be more aware of that. 
you know, yeah. like, hey, if they try to, like, distract you, like, just focus on the opponent. Like, yeah. You know. So, I guess when you're in there, it's different. So, like, you know. I get, yeah, easier said than done. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Swerve was really over. Uh, Darby was really over. So, yeah. uh, what do you expect? After that, we got Jay Cargo and the baddies against Will Nightingale, Sky Blue, and Trisha Dora. I had heard someone point out that Red Velvet and Sky Blue have to fight forever, literally, in this promotion. Like, they need to be like Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Uh, Red versus Blue, Bloods versus Crips, you know, something like that. So, uh, forever is on. Um, yeah, this is, this, is a nice, this is a nice little match. You know, it, wasn't, it didn't go too long, but uh, we got the, the entrance, like, with, with the baddie section. Like, eventually they're going to get matching gear. I'm sure that's going to be uh, that's going to be a cool thing when it happens. Uh, but I, I like the team. It was a squash. It was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm trying not to get fined or fired. But we own the shit. So like you good, you good. There is no fine. It's a lot of talent in the ring, man. A lot of talent. Yeah. We got uh Keith Lee versus Colton Gunn. Uh, Keith Lee fucked him up. Uh, not really much more to say there. It was a squ- It was like it was weird. It was like a squash that went through a commercial break. Right. So it was like. Right. I have to fucking give this a rating. Oh, I don't, don't <laughs> want to give this a rating. Fine. Fuck. Here. Take take this two and a quarter and leave me alone. I don't no. want to rate this. This is a squash. I had to go through a commercial break. Ew. So we had uh, Samoa Joe versus Trent for the ROH TV title. Of course, they're in Philadelphia. Uh, they made a big deal about Trent never winning any belts in Ring of Honor previously. Um, this was pretty solid. Uh, Samoa Joe continues to impress me a lot more than he has uh, of, of you know recent vintage, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you know if your your early returns on Samoa Joe are like, like you're over the moon if you're Tony Khan with him. Uh, yeah, probably. How do you have the, the time on this match? Mm, I don't. Okay. Well, anyway, another good match. Um, Trent is Trent is very good. Joe is very good, and they had a they had a very good match, and it was fun. Um, like you know, more more competency, more competency. Like uh, this was some super blow away match. It was some. This was some great match. It was a very good match. For the Ring Honor TV title, and then at the end they um they brought out or not brought out, but uh Lethal and and Singh and Duck came out to go start some ruckus, and um best friends got in the way, uh, which is interesting, and then um you know get, after the match the Code of Honor stuff they shook hands after the match um after Joe choked out Trent and uh. Sing, you know, rips apart the best friends, and then next thing you know, like you get Lethal and Joe in the ring, and there's a pull apart with geeks, and you see Pat Buck out there trying to break, helping him break, bro. 
the Pat Buck shit is so fucking <laughs> they be laughing. They put that man on TV yeah. just to flex. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they, they're breaking up. They see him getting back to each other. And Lethal's keeps yelling, I hate you, I hate you. And they cut off. Uh, they go off air. And I, uh, it was nicely done. Um, I wonder what this Samoa Joe best friends thing is going to be. Because, like, you see that they're now about to make an odd couple thing with um, with Dan Housen and, and, and Hook. So it's like you put him over there, and that'll work because of just sheer absurdity, right? So like with the Hook other, housing. right? So with the other guys, it's like all right, like you can do that. More like they're working with Joe against like Lethal Dud and Singh and whoever else they come up with, and that, and that, that was fine. Um, but it's like if if Dan Housen had been there, it'd been like. What the fuck is Dan House gonna tell? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, like is it, it, you know the Ring of Honor stuff is is um, they're they're putting that into play now, so it, it's starting to starting to see where that stuff's going to spread out to. That will be AEW for this week, but um, James, I guess there's only one thing left to do. It's time to hit the music. All right, so Stardom Cinderella Tournament Final, um, 2022. Um, this pay per view was a very, very good show. I might be, I might be soft hating, going just short of saying it was great, uh, but um, it was at worst, it was a very, very good show. Um, I thought that there were two. Um, must-see matches on the card. I thought that it was surrounded by nothing but just competency and very good match for the time uh, matches got up and down. Like, uh, even the pre-show was a three-star match. Like, it was just, just up and down, good wrestling all through, all night. Um, so, uh, going through it, uh, Rich, what, what all did you see on this show? Uh, I've seen everything except the main event. Okay, but you know the finish. Yes. Right. Okay. So, um, pre-show match is uh, Ami and Mai and Waka. Um, and Waka. Like, it's, it's had a good match, and Ami is just out here, like, you know, chopping them down, chopping them down. Ultimately, uh, Mai, uh, uh, Mai tries to get a, a, a her uh, crucifix pin on Ami. No, nothing doing. Waka, you know, still mad about the defection from uh, from my to from uh, Cosmic Angels to um, Nando Mondo beats up on my gets her out the ring and then she goes uh, with Ami she can't last with Ami Ami is a pin her down uh, she gets to win and then you get to the main card uh, future title match Hannon versus her sister Hina and man um, Hina I'm sorry uh, Hannon versus uh versus the Hannon twins like that would be a feud of the year contender to women's division in, in America like it was it, it would be like uh, three and a quarter so, three and a quarter solid ass wrestling up and down and it's like 
I know that there are, I know that like we could get this on a consistent basis here. It's just like, it's not, there's no really, no real place for this or just like consistent good ass wrestling and hard hitting and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's not like flipping and flying and it's just like simple basic wrestling. Like I know that's, that's somewhere around here and I'm no, I know there's places that do that. Uh, so I'm not trying to disparage it, but it's like just to see like Hannon every pay per view come out in the opener at 17 years old. Uh, wrestling, you know, a a twenty eight year old home ec teacher wrestling a fifteen year old wrestling another fifteen year old wrestling another seventeen year old. It's just and always having a good match. Always, it's just it's just um, it's just fun to see. Good, there are like, a few it's a, safer bets in wrestling than Hannon just being rock solid at the beginning. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Um, and like these aren't some super long matches. It's like some. Eight, they're always like these seven, eight minute things are just fun. Um, and they sell their asses off and they hit the shot of each other. Just, just good wrestling. And, uh, like, I do like the, I, I am glad that, that Hina's back. Like, I, I, in the ring anyway, I've always liked Hina more than, than Rena, even though Rena's more of a, more charismatic and more of a shitster. Um, she's just like more technically equipped as far as like, getting in and out and trying to like work a submission and stuff. So like, yeah, you know, they're twins and obviously they're fraternal twins, but like they have different games and all kind of stuff. So like, it's really, it's going to be interesting to see like how, where these three sisters go if they all stick up with issues. Like all of them are going to be at at worst, very fucking good. Cause you know, they're already having good matches. Just relying on their, just relying on themselves. So, um, yeah. Uh, next match, uh, the first semifinal, Hazuki versus Kaguma in this match. Kaguma. Yes, and this match was so goddamn good. Like, this match the kind of good was like, I can't get away with giving this three and three quarters, can I? <laughs> it's six minutes. Can I? Can I get away with that? Can I? Eh, I'll just give it three and a half. I ain't trying to hear nobody say, um, you know, I'm some starting mark, even though I am, but whatever. I'm not, not going to do it. But uh, yeah, it was. It was so damn good, and Kaguma starts off with, you know, the bear posing stuff. Hazuki, you know, it's like, I'm never doing it. Stop it. Knock it off. Uh, Hazuki starts just wearing her ass out, and then Kaguma keeps coming back with, with flash pins. Hazuki seemingly has the match uh, in control, and she goes uh, and, and goes for a, uh, a cold breaker, and then... Kaguma turns a code breaker by front flipping forward before impact and turns into a jackknife cover gets the win. I love this fucking finish. I loved it. Like, you know, we talk about what we just saw with um FTR in their match in like, you know, the Bret Hart wrestling and high speed wrestling and like the 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 being able to beat somebody with a cradle that doesn't feel contrived and feel and feel like it was an earned victory. This was that. And they did this in 60 minutes. And it, it was a, a lot of high speed elements. But it didn't feel like an actual high speed match. It felt like a competitive fully formed match. In like 6 minutes. Where like like at the end. No one had to go to levels of desperation. To, uh, to be bested and finished. But somebody won with. Someone finished the match with skill and guile. And craft. And, and deafness. And I thought like. I thought it was great, and like, 
you know, I, I I did like the part where like there was no there was we were under no illusion that Hazuki was gonna turn heel on her friend of you know, because <laughs> because she lost the match she was supposed to win. It was just like, Oh, you got me. All right, congratulations, go win the fucking thing. I I really enjoyed the hell out of this match. I really did. Yeah, this was cool. Um I was um I was impressed by Hazuki, just like the way she flew around the ring uh in this that really stood out and um if you're gonna heat like basically get Kaguma ready for the the final, they were gonna keep both of these matches like relatively short and we're gonna get to the next one in the another minute or so. But um this is how you do it. Um like James said, it was just like uh at the end I was like, Oh, okay. Like this is cool and I was I popped for the upset for the quote unquote upset. Same. Uh, I don't think I don't think either of us or I don't know. I think we picked oh no, yo, I think we picked Hazuki Mariah. I think I picked Mariah to win. But um yeah, yeah, this was this was, I, I love the bear. So Yeah. Um Maritime Biff. <laughs> so next match, Nasapoy versus Mariah in Nasapoy is what, five foot nothing, four eleven, maybe like a buck ten, and Mariah is like five four Probably like 130 pounds. <sighs> they got NASA boy listed at 411, 103. Okay, one oh yeah, there you go. What for damn, that was that was wildly like close. That was scarily close. <laughs> uh but uh so just she's so much bigger than her, and then like at scale when it's like four inches when it's like, you know, Six foot versus six four looks on TV looks big, but like at scale when it's like four inches and in like these people are five four and five foot like or sorry five four and four eleven, mm-hmm. uh, it looks even more like a, of a difference. It looks like six inches of di- height difference opposed to, and man like <laughs> that's point didn't give a fuck about none of that. She 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 took that she took this fucking match and and just like. I, I'm going to get the heat on you. I don't give a shit how much bigger and stronger you are than me and taller. I'm a, I'm gonna wear your ass out, and you have to work from underneath in my in, in my match to get you over. And it fucking worked. Uh, yeah. Um, the right fighting back from underneath. She just holding on, holding on, holding on, and uh, she is able to get a a. a uh, she ends up after getting her arm hurt. She ends up hurting. Uh, Natsupoy's arm, and she keeps like ch- going back to that, ch- chopping that tree, and the tree being the arm, not the leg this time, but keeps going back to the arm, and eventually she's able to get her, uh, you know, she ends up getting a hoverboard lock, and then eventually she's getting, um, you know, her, uh, uh, Mariah, I'm sorry, uh, uh, I forgot what she called, it's spelled like, uh, Mira Mare, but it's Mira Murray, I think, something like that is how it's pronounced, but, like, her finish, like, basically, like, a, uh, you know, a Kimura, uh, variation, and, like, man, like, Natsupoy had no choice but to tap out, and, like, I was like, wow, okay, they're really doing this, like, they're, about, they're, they're gonna, they're going to, you know, presumably make Mariah the, 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 you know, the Cinderella, that's crazy, like, they're really pushing her, and that is really cool, so, Man, uh, I guess we'll. I was gonna say like, well, we might as well wait until. I guess we'll wait like yeah later in the show. But what do you like, think well, of the Nasapoi Mariah match? Uh this was cool. Like another like solid like match. You know, leading up 
um, like going up on an incline uh, for this show. Like it wasn't. Uh, I don't. I think they can have a better match. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. like in it's like eight minute thing or whatever. Yeah, know? it was like it didn't go too crazy or anything, but it wasn't like some standout match either. Like it was, it was yeah. perfectly fine. I thought it was very good, and that's it. I'm not writing home about it or whatever else. Uh, so, um, after that, then you get the the multi multi person uh gauntlet match, sixteen gauntlet match, um. A lot of shit. A lot of people in. Uh, Stars ends up uh, starting out with... Uh, I can't remember. Uh, so I think Stars ends up starting out with uh, the Momo in, in Momo team. Momo ends up be- beating them. Or maybe it was Cosmic... Not Cosmic. It was Cosmic came out last. I can't remember. Bro, <laughs> I'm can't always remember. confused when these gauntlet match ha- matches happen. Ba- basically, at the end, you end up getting... Uh, you end up getting Don Del Mondo, who came in second to last, versus Cosmic Angels, who came in uh, last. And it comes down to uh, Tam and Julia. And uh, Tam gets Julia outside on the floor. And, like, Julia... <laughs> Julia... Uh, <laughs> She she hugs the post to hide from Tam. <laughs> and then Tam comes over the top over the corner and tries to kick her off and try to like, you know, nudge her off. And then uh she extended herself so much over the uh top turnbuckle that Julia grabs her ankle grabs her by the ankle and then comes to the apron and basically pulls her over the top rope to the floor. And then right. um, they trade a little bit on the uh, tr- uh, exchange strikes a little bit on the on the uh, apron. Uh, Julia hits her with a big knee, and then um, she goes and hit her with a glorious driver. Um, Ju- um, Tam basically floats over, gets behind her, hits her with a German suplex, and Julia melts off the off the uh, apron uh, to the floor. So um, uh, Tam is beginning to win. She she celebrates with uh, Cosmic Angels. And then um, they said, like, uh, the promo was uh, some of the lines of, like, you know, we've done a lot of losing without saying, like, because of Waka, but, like, we've done a lot of losing, but, you know, you stuck with us and, you know, keep believing in us and, you know, we're going to cha- turn this thing around. And uh, then... Uh, a new gang come, emerges. Yes. Uh, another, another faction, um, Colors, comes out. Uh, Colors is um, what's left of uh, at rest girls after they close shop for pre- professional wrestling. Right. So, um, <sighs> so there's four of them. Um, one. Okay. So the leader name is Saki, just Saki. Uh, she, I think huh. she, yeah, I think she's been around since like 2012. She's their number one. I, I, I haven't seen her wrestle before. I, I heard she's very good. Like she's in, she's going to be in nomads like that whole, uh, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, I have to tell you about Nomad. She's gonna be a Nomad, so like, I, 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 you know, if they picked her out, you know, to be in it, I'm assuming that she's very good. Um, so, uh, basically, anyway, um, in the Joshi scene, what's going on? Like, similar to Prominence, except it's not a death match unit. It's like we'll we'll come in. You can book four of us for a certain flat, a uh, certain rate or whatever else, and you can you know now book be able to book a card promotion. Like, so it's like a, you know. That's very appealing as opposed to like now we got to call, call like one, two, three, four, five different people as opposed to like you call one person, you have four talents, right? Um, so like they've been doing ice ribbon. Um, trying to think where else have they been? Uh, I know ice ribbon for sure. Um, and they're also a, f- a few of them are going to be on New Blood, um, New Blood 2. So like they're in for now. 
Uh, so, um, <laughs> they come out. Saki says, "Hey, um, nice to see, nice to meet y'all, all of y'all. Um, you know, we would like a match." So, naturally, <laughs> the assessor, <laughs> the assessor Unagi says, "Who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? Who the hell are y'all?" And then she, and then. You got to see the translation. Just getting over learning who Kyrie is, right? You know, this 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 rookie, you know, this 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 new person this new that she had to. Business. So, know. Rich, you got to see the translation on on uh on Stardom World. <laughs> translation is after she says, "Who the hell are you?" She says, "I am Unagi Sayaka. I am the gatekeeper." <laughs> And we, and we, I am the gatekeeper. And then she says some of the lines of like, "We are, or we are the gatekeepers of pro wrestling, or whatever else." So, you know, like obviously, you know, when you're at rest girls or whatever else, and you were in uh, colors instead of beginning, they treat you know a lot of pe- a lot of people look at you as like you're not a real wrestler. You have to prove yourself, which is like that's what. That's what all of them had to do. That's what Tam, that's what Dunagi, that's what Mina all had to do is prove that they're a real wrestler. So it's like, if you if you want to see yourself a real wrestler, it's like, you got to come, come come see us more or less. So um, the agreement more or less between, uh, so Mina gets on the mic and Mina was like, well, you know, you some new trainees. So how about when we beat you, you become our trainees. And then Mina said, but you'll have to dance. And then Mina counts down one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. And then they start dancing. And, uh, and, um, you know, the, uh, you know, a little, a little shimmy, you know, not in some elaborate dance, but more like, you know, just move your hips a little bit. And then, you know, three of the four in colors, they, they, you know, they're, they're down with that. But one of them, and we'll get to them, get to the one that didn't in a second. She was like, I don't want to do that. Um, and then they like, shut up, shut up. So, like, you know, obviously they're, you know, they're being mean, you know, get a little heat and they're like, well, that's fine. Well, you know, if you, you know, if, if we win, if colors wins, then like, you'll have to be our new attend our, our new, uh, um, attendees. I think some of some along those lines. So they, uh, they, you know, go to picky swear about, you know, having a match. And then, uh, and Nagi then Nagi bites, one, bites, I think is Rena bites Rena's hand and like just like yeah no, bitch you're so hollering like, when I saw this she's funny she's goofy it's funny and they, and they all look at her like you bit her she's like yeah I did that I don't care uh yeah. I'll do it again um so uh Tam and, and Saki they you know they uh they they do they pinky promise that they're gonna have a match um and then at the end uh the one that didn't want to dance uh her name is Hakari uh Shimizu she walks up to Tam and she tries to get a picky promise from her. Tam's like, nope. And then Tam like touches her face and then like she starts crying. And then like Tam whispers something to her ear and then pushed her away. And in my in my mind, when you talked about like uh the marks are in the ring, like when she pushed her away, I, I thought like she probably said, Stop whispering in her ear, stop being a mark, and then pushed her away. <laughs> but uh, so come to find out, uh when Young Hakari started wrestling. She was a singer that that moved to Tokyo. Um, she had no dance background. She's just a singer. That's why she didn't want to dance, right? Um, and s- somebody that was a wrestler that's retired now in Act Girls basically like invited her to one of the shows, 
and say, hey, how about you try this out? And when she was at the show, she saw <laughs> is come full circle and it's so funny. She saw Tam like in her like tenth match versus uh uh Carrillo uh sorry uh um sorry um uh Kaor- Kaoru Ito um like destroyed Tam. Uh now Kaoru is like I've seen her a few times. Like I've seen her have matches with like I've seen some of her matches with Manami Toyota. I really like those matches. I think I sent one like just randomly to you um, last week. Right? Had no idea about this till uh, the other day about how like this match now influences one woman. And she ended up joining because she was she was uh you know inspired by Tam that she had this kind of heart to get a beating from you know this this uh you know all Japan women's wrestler. And her debut match was against Tam. So, like, she got in the ring and, like, you know, Tam basically left a few months after she debuted uh, to go to stardom. And, like, now, you know, she's in, you know, she's here now. And, like, you know, she sees Tam, you know, this inspiration. And she started breaking out crying. She's Tam. And I was like, the Tam influence, man. It's a a thing. Get into it. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, I apparently she's a good wrestler. And, you know, I heard Saki's very good at least. So, um, I'm interested to see what uh, the other two how the other two, you know, do. Um, I, I don't know which two are in uh, the New Blood shows, but I got to check that out to see because that's on the third. That's like next week uh, when that happens on the 13th, I think. So, uh, but anyway. Okay, so um, I botched and completely omitted the Azumi versus May Saruga high-speed match on the live stream of the show. And as I was editing the show at 1.15 a.m., I thought to myself, oh, my God, I forgot about this match. This match was fucking awesome. I can't just let this shit slide. Um, Rich happened to be awake still. He's probably, I don't know, watching um, Inside the NBA, watching Shaq and Charles shenanigans before he goes to bed. And I texted him and or messaged him and said, hey, uh, I totally forgot this match. He said, shit. Um, so he ended up messaging me his response or his, uh, his thoughts on the match and gave me a quick paragraph and I'll, I'll read it out to you guys. Um, he says, Azumi and Mace inadvertently kicked off a weekend of people packing up Disco Inferno's life and career on Twitter <laughs> with their fast movements and risk taking. I love the creativity of their work outside the ring as much as their work in it. Azumi often looks so far ahead of her contemporaries that I was pleasantly surprised to see Mei Saruka turn in the best performance uh, I've seen of hers and not get outshined. This match is a good example of what playing nice between two promotions can be. Four and a quarter. Um, This match had a lot of things in it that, for my personal taste, I do not like in general. And during this match, they did things that made me roll my eyes that the crowd popped to. And then they went down the closing stretch and it was so well done, so fast, so quick. Um, and the near falls were were just so like blowing me away. And I'm thinking like that's the end, and they kick out the next thing. 
um, the next flash finisher or flash pin that I said to myself, all right, damn, like there's things in this match. I do not like that. I know other people don't like more to me. And I still think this match might be four and a half fucking stars. God damn. They're good. Um, so I was on, I was in the, you know, four and a four and a third type of thing. And then I saw the way people, uh, rated on cage match, um, throughout, you know, um, the past couple of days. So like I, I was in that borderline thing of four and a quarter plus, I think I might have to rewatch it and bump it up to four and a half, but, um, may that's, this is the best match I've ever seen may have. Um, I've seen may before and like, I'm not a person that thinks she's, you know, some crummy wrestler that, uh, you know, doesn't wrestle on the ring. So therefore she's not good. No, nah, she's damn good. Um, how good? I just didn't know. Um, but her wrestling, um, in a non-traditional setting has, uh, you know, has her, uh, has her doing things that like, you know, I think the average person that wrestled in a ring doesn't really think of. And I think that's really cool to add a lot of, uh, a lot to her game that makes her stand out. Obviously she's super charismatic. She's loud as hell. <laughs> uh, but we already knew that. Um, but I, I just, um, I think it was really cool for her to get that, to get that like spot in, you know, in the number one judge promotion in, in, in her country to let her let people know like i do this like i'm you may you may think i you know i do this wacky stuff or whatever else and and yeah i do do some of that stuff whatever else but like when it comes down to it i can get in this in this fucking ring and throw it in you know and show my ass and rustle it smoothly and as crisply as just about anyone um in the game she she's great uh, I think that, like, you know, it is funny to see that, like, she kind of did get blown up by Azumi, but, you know, Azumi, Azumi is, is in that, is a rarefied air at this point as far as talent. Um, I, I wanted to see how, I want to see him have another match. I know Azumi said that she wanted to tag with her. I'm cool with that too. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of Azumi wanting to tag with, uh, Meiho Shizuki last year. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought this match was great, even though at times it annoyed me at times, but whatever. Um, the match was that good that it won me over, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, like, was the, uh, was it uh, the who's into making the Grinch's uh, small heart grow three times size or whatever else or 10 times size? Like, this match did that to me. Um, I thought it was fantastic. So I had to punch in and, and let y'all know that, like, I thought this, I thought this was the best match of the show, uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I, like, in granted, like that Azumi, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, uh, red belt title match. I made event I thought was fantastic. And I thought, Azumi, I thought Hameka had the best match for career, but like, it's just something to be said about, like, just being able to do that in the, in the, <laughs> in like the physical toll and endurance it takes to be able to wrestle at that high of a level for that long, um, at that speed and pace. So I was, I was really impressed by, uh, by May and, and Azumi again. And Azumi, like, this is her, uh, her second title defense. She won the match in the absolute banger. She won, uh, her triple threat match with Nasapoy and Hameka. And now she has this. Like, I don't know where she goes from here, but, um, Sign me up for more of her in like, you know, high positions on, on these cards on, you know, I guess, you know, BNC pay-per-views because uh, I, I guess you could say to say pay-per-view, but like showcase it in the spot where like she can have a defense like this. Like she's, she's special. 
she's just she's special. Like, you know, I, I've, I've long ago said that I thought she was going to be the best woman's wrestler in the world by the time she was 24. Uh, and, like, now she's in a position where she can have these matches, like, it's it's gonna it seems like it's coming sooner and sooner uh than I than I even expected back then. Um just just an incredible talent. Just an incredible talent, incredible athlete, uh person that was right place, right time to do all this put together like just perfect storm for, for high speed wrestling and like you know, I, I I know who she wanted to who she patted herself after, like Nesuki Tayo and like She's gonna fuck around to be as good as Suki Tayo at this rate. Like she's just unbelievable. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just had to punch in and let y'all, you know, hear that. And you know, if you missed it on uh, or if you, you know, you listen to the uh, stream and um, listen to this and wonder what the hell happened. That's what it was. So sorry about that. So I'll get back to the show. Moving to uh the Cinderella final. It is Kaguma versus Mirai and um Victory Lap time. Yeah. Uh the bear the bear got some heat on Mirai and then Mirai basically said, like, nah, it is my time. You know One, two, three, we don't give a fuck about none of that. Yeah. She um just a whole bunch of heart, everything, and ended up getting the win. I really liked the the match. Like, obviously it wasn't as good as last year's Cinderella final, but speaking of the Cinderella finals that I've seen is better. I feel like this is better than the one that um from 2019. I feel like it's better than one from 2020. Um, but it was a very good match. Um, and Mariah is ultimately at the end ends up winning with uh like a, a spinning Mishinoku driver. I know I don't know what she calls it, but like it's, it's flashy and it's fun. Um, and like she's yeah. just she's a kick ass power wrestler, man. She just really is. Hey man, I think um people gotta they just gotta get ready. Because the Mariah pushes is starting, and it's like you got to get down or lay down, man. And people I, are. Have you this, looked? Have you have seen, you seen the discourse it? Have you seen it? Have, kind. You, have you looked at upset. the cage match rate and see people hate hate like why did they why did Hazuki or why did Hazuki lose? Why did Natsupoi lose? Like it's like, hey man, like that's not. <sighs> we can't push everybody all the goddamn time at the same time. I'm sorry, and like she came in. They're trying to they're 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 going with her. And like gotta say, compared to the other pushes I've seen in stardom, this is not nearly as, you know, as bad as the stuff as or as bad in quotation marks, right? Like y'all y'all not really y'all wasn't living that y'all wasn't here for the for the Julia life. Y'all just weren't in 2020. Y'all weren't here for that. Y'all weren't here for that. Y'all weren't here for when Donald Mondo wasn't dropping falls. Uh when Shuri, Micah and Juliet wasn't dropping falls until Grand Prix, and they showed up in January. What are, what are we talking about? A lot of Mariah discourse uh, going on, and she's over. Yeah, she shows like, up to the matches. The crowd's clapping her in, in clapping to her music, and clapping in the, in the cadence of her music when the music's not playing. I'm not going to take that route. Would it? Yeah, like, I'm going to say like I had I didn't know who Mariah was before she came to Stardom, and yes. I'm a novice. Right. Feel free to tell me I don't know what I'm talking about or anything. But in the matches that I've seen of hers, they've just always been impressive. Each right. each of them. Uh, they threw in the deep end with Shuri, and we should have known then. It was like, oh, it was it was like four and a half or four and a quarter or whatever. And uh, like, I think it was like it was. She's just been very consistent and solid. 
through every like appearance of hers that I've seen. And I think it's just, uh, you know, would I have liked to see Starlight Kid possibly win something like this? Sure. Yeah. But like, if there's anyone that has a track record of pushing the right person, I feel like of late, it's fucking Rossi. Like, he fucking picks uh, fucking Sayakamatani. Um, <laughs> and that shit ends up working out. Uh, he picks Pick Utami, Utami, and that shit Pick works. Julia. Shuri. Shuri. Fucking, like, like, he knows what he's doing, man. Like, picked Hoshiki. Like, <sighs> yeah, going further back. Yeah, like, it's like, yo. It's good to be Momo fine. when when Eo was leaving. Like I, I, I'm sorry. Like, like it's gonna be fine. I promise. How, like, how much more does this company have to grow from quarter to quarter for y'all to stop acting like these, these are mistakes? Like, I understand it's not the end of the end all be all, but it's like this this roster is insanely loaded. You can literally pick any of like 15 people to be on top. Well, that might be too far. Let's say 12. 12 or 13. Right. You pick any of a dozen people to be on top as a white belt champion, as a red belt champion, even time. That's, everybody is that overqualified. And they're going out here and be at top in the main event, some main event positions that have kick-ass matches. And then what after after nine months? You just want everybody to be like a four-time champion? Now, like, I've seen people talk about, like, the pay your dues thing or whatever else, and it's like, Sure. But if it was the other way around, she came in and she was a number three on a roster just doing jobs. Why would anybody want to come here anymore? I just paid part, my dues. Part of this is I just, recruiting. I just paid my dues for two or three years in Tokyo Pro and got fucking nowhere. Or no, not three years, like two years. It got nowhere. Now I got to go somewhere else and, and sit? I might as well fucking stay. If I got to yeah, start man. all over again, like, look, man, she's, she's they've given her the ball. She's ran with it and and, and got up, picked up a whole lot of yardage for what, what they've given her. I ain't got no, I ain't got no, I ain't got, I ain't mad at her, right? Like, if you had asked me, I would have preferred that, uh, that um, Nats Poor Hazuki won. But if any of these four had won, I've been okay with it because all four of them would have been good choices. Yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing the downside, like especially like with Mariah's body of work that she's had in yeah. just this short period of time. So if you want to try to like get somebody else up and running, because it's always about like, like we know how this promotion works and motherfuckers would be here today. And then you're gone. <laughs> like UGK right. says, right. Yeah, so I, I I just I I didn't get it. Um, the people that like don't or don't like her push, whatever else, because this is like this is nothing compared to like, like this this is nothing compared to to what was happening with Utami and Julia and Shuri. Nothing like Julia has literally been everyone that's ever like gotten a pinfall over her. Like the the six times it's ever happened, she's been around with the company for over two years now. They they have a hundred and something matches every year. Like, what, like what are you, you know, what I'm saying, like, what are we doing? Um, yeah, I, I I I thought that she, I thought it was a great performance, and like she's super over, and the crowd is, ch- is clapping for her and all that kind of stuff. And um, Mariah Manning is a thing. 
We're here. So I had, had um, to give Mariah so, an address. Yes. So she, uh, we'll just add this now. Like, uh, after the Red Belt match, she comes out and she gives her speech. She, she literally says, like, I've been doing this for like two years. And like, this is the first, like, award I've ever won for wrestling. And she talked about like she wanted to make it to the top, and she she said like she was gonna like she felt like where she was at she had a glass ceiling, but now like she can do it. She, she some like she you know she could do more now, right? And it's like, oh okay, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there you go. And then like you know it's it's interesting like to listen to. Um, Really retrocast and talk and you know hear JD talk about it's like before, um, before uh, their Sumo Hall show was like the the princess the princess champion was Miu the uh, <laughs> the international princess champion was Maki uh, the tag champions were were Yuka and Mizuki it's like oh these are all the same exact champions with the same exact belts from like three years ago or from two thousand twenty or two thousand nineteen. Like, you just looped all the way around. And, like, even with, like, Mina here, here there and gone, uh, Unagi there and gone, um, Nas- Nasipoi there and gone, like, Mirai was still, like, this, this, pro- this promising rookie that, like, was going to have to eat shit for, like, two years or three years before she ever got to, like, a mid-car set. It's like, eh... You know, like I don't, I don't have much to say on Tokyo Joshi Pro and their booking philosophy because, like, they're successful given you know what they're what they're working with, right? But it's like not every not everybody. Like, not, I know this is a thing in Joshi. Like, not everybody needs to be a young girl for basically three years before they ever go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, like when people you know complain about these pushes, it's like, well, compared to what? Compared to most wrestling you watch, or most wrestling around here, or just compared to Joshi. Interesting like, bro, uh, like, things to consider. Yeah, like if this was AJ, if this was AJ, AJW, like Utami would still be a fucking young girl. She'd still be in the fucking. She would still be in the fucking uh, swim trunks. That's, crazy. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like I understand we're talking really... about like a different level of athlete and everybody six foot or five foot six and all that shit. Whatever. Like, really, she she was capable of this, and you just you know. Yeah, man. If somebody can carry it, like I think you gotta like, like I can understand if Mariah was stinking this bitch out, like, and it was just like some, right. some thing that she wasn't over or anything like that. Like, nah, man. Like, she's doing everything you ask somebody that gets a push to do. Yeah. So yeah. So um, relax. Right. So uh. Oh, so in the comments. I would have pushed Poi to the moon if I was t- uh, in t- if I was uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. She's amazing, Rich. You've heard me say this multiple times about that. Uh, like I don't understand how the fuck she can get a push if she was a mid carder in Tokyo Pro. I don't get it. I don't get it. Whatever. Um, maybe it's because she was an outsider. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so title match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm reading the comments. And he said I don't want to flip it up the chat, but Julia has only been pinned like six times. No, no, uh, no. Shuri's only been pinned like six times. Julia's been pinned more. Um, yeah, like I can, yeah, I, I, I could count it. I went through it like we were doing uh, Sumo Hall 
shows, like back-to-back shows, like I went through it in like, because I remember like she's been more protected than Julia has and I went through it as like, this is her chance to avenge her only two like losses or real defeats that she had. It wasn't like some over the top, thrown over the top rope shit that like she couldn't answer. And actually like, there's only one like time she's ever been thrown over the top rope that she wasn't able to answer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like Natsuko in some match. Like I went through this shit with a fine tooth comb. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, main event, um, Shuri versus, uh, Hameka and Hameka came to play. Hameka, uh, you know, I talked about in the preview, like depending on how good this match goes, she has a chance to change her tra- trajectory in the company or in promotion. And like, yeah, she went out there and she wrestled, she wrestled as, as if she knew this. Right, like you know, it's very similar to like when you heard Dean Ambrose. One Nation Radio listener, Hameka, possibly. <laughs> no, nah, man, like you know, like remember when Dean Ambrose or no, sorry, uh, John Moxley cut his his uh, that interview with uh, I think it was uh, Wade Keller, um, or no, Jericho when he talked about like the Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania 32. He's like, mm-hmm. I went to that match knowing it was the biggest match of my career, and I had to you know pull out all, a bunch of stops to try to get this match over, and like you talked about how Brock was hard to you know to get get ideas through to or whatever else same it was like she realized like i you know this this is a this is the biggest match of my career she went in there and you know typical shuri start you know ground mat wrestling whooped her ass get her up wrestling whooped her ass got out to the floor um went to, you know hit us hit a move went to hit another move and um hameka counters it a big move that uh later laid out Shuri and then Shuri's on the defensive from the rest of, for uh, a good stretch, and um, then they go back and forth, and ultimately, like the match came down to like if Ameka hits a second power bomb, is Shuri done? So she goes she goes for one. Um, Shuri hurricanrated out of it to a cradle to a Rana cradle. Um, then eventually she got her got her with it, and uh, she kicked and like it's just like. Shuri is like when 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 it's look like it's bleakish. She 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 comes out and she saves the day and she ends up putting away, um, uh, Hameka and uh, with, um, uh, the with her one wing um emerald flosion, uh, and like they should be proud of themselves. Like this match was really important for, for Mecca Mecca jumping off the top rope for, uh, she came off the top rope and hit a floor dive. Uh, she came up top rope and hit a, hit a, uh, a big knee that I don't know how she didn't, um, tear her ACL on the landing. But then again, it's like, you watch her, how she bumps whatever else is like, uh, I know how she didn't like, she's just like ridiculously like, you know, hyper mobile and flexible and like, Oh my God. Uh, Somebody's went up for alley, dunked the ball, and then lost hold of the uh, lost hold of the rim and like fell on their head. Oh, that had to hurt. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, rough transition back. But um, like Hameka is bumping for Shuri, and like you know, like she's bumping like she's Natsupoi, except she's like ten inches taller than her, uh, or whatever, roughly ten inches taller. And it's like it's so impressive to, to see her and like. You start seeing like the you know clubs versus kicks uh part section sections important exchanges whatever else it's just really fun and um yeah like really happy that Omega came through like this and really really glad they had this kind of match and at the end of the match uh, Shuri said you know I know we're in different units but like I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you grow 
um in the future and like Hameka came out with new gear and all that kind of stuff she she pulled out all the stops and bells and whistles for this one like she really run, run out here and rustled like this was a match of her life and um just couldn't pull just couldn't get the W because Shuri's that goddamn awesome yeah I'm gonna have to check that one out that was the only one I didn't get a chance to uh yeah. see yet but excited to hear it went well yeah um yeah so this Thursday, um, pay per view in Fukuoka. Um, the main, the main event, semi main event are you know uh, three Fukuoka acts challenging for the belts. Um, white belt match. It is Kamatani, the main event versus Micah, who's from Fukuoka, and then uh, some main event is tag team titles, uh, Momo and Kid versus um, Hazuki and Kaguma, um, mm. trying to get their tag titles back. I imagine one of them, one of those acts is coming with them belts. I wonder who they, who it is. I think for me personally, I would rather be, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I would not be beating the hometown people, uh, both times to get out of there. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to be beating, uh, Kamatani either. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see though. We'll see what happens though. Um, so but, I got, I, I didn't know if you had anything else, but we had got, we can uh, wrap the show up with our game. Oh yeah, that's right. Real quick though, uh, so uh, you know, as customary when it comes to uh, the Cinderella winner, they get a wish. The wish normally is always the form of a title shot. Uh, she says that, or Mariah says she wants the winner of um, of a uh, Kamatani and um, <clears throat> and Micah. Uh, and that'll be on the, I believe it's the 26th of, uh, June. But anyway, yeah, that's, uh, that's stardom this week. Next week, it's a lot of shows about to cover. Like, it's golden week, man. Like, boy. Bring back the costume battle royal. Rich, I'm going to send you the link. I want you to see how many matches are in this particular week. Lothario Negro says Micah's ring gear reminds him of, uh, Hiroki Goto from New Japan, so he's just gonna assume she's gonna lose all her big matches. LMAO. Alright, can you pull that up on the uh put that on your screen? I'll yeah. put it in Messenger. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Micah's ring is remind you of Goto. Oh, you're talking about like her samurai gear? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I'm pretty sure she, for uh I'm pretty sure she's gonna have some new gear and it's gonna be fire. Um but yeah. Uh, for Golden Week, they, like Golden Week is fully back. Like they're back in, in a way they've never been back before. They <laughs> holy shit. So one, two, three, four, six shows in eight six. days. Yeah, yeah, they got they. They ain't fucking around. No, and like, uh, so Sunday show was in a. Hiroshima um, for Golden Week shirt or sorry Konami is back and she's in uh, God's Eye for this week and this week only uh, mm-hmm. if and when she comes back again I don't know um, I, I have some guesses that like I think because Jungle announced that she's going to be on um, the main event of um, Hannah's Memorial Show this year and she has a mystery opponent I'm going to guess that it's going to be Konami, and they're going to do the Konami Jungle um, T 
TCS match attribute to Hannah. Also a curse match in Stardom history because like both times they're going to do it like the 2019 Grand Prix, um, separate uh, jungle separator shoulder. They set up, you know, the hill turn on Konami turning on jungle. And then like the next day she tears her ACL. So they never actually got that match. So like they're, I think it's possibly they're going to finally have that match. Mm. And it's going to be at the Hannah, you know, uh, memorial show. But ultimately like, we don't know when she'll be back after this week, but she's going to be here this week, like for these basically, you know, uh, I guess six shows. So, uh, it's going to be fun. She's going to be with Shuri. She's not in Oedo Tai right now. She's in, uh, Gazai and that's going to be fun. Uh, so, uh, I don't know what she's doing on, um, on the pay-per-view. Uh, but I'm sure they'll come up with something for her. Right. Right. Yeah, but uh, that's as far as starting. That's all I got. Like, it's gonna be a lot of shells, shit <laughs> ton of shells. Yeah, man. So, um, we have an exciting new game that we came up with. Uh, oh, one thing. Uh, one, one thing. Sorry. Third from the top is Mayu versus uh, Tekla, an SWA title match, which you already know it is. <laughs> Alarms are going off. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The guidance is going to be back, y'all. <laughs> Get ready. All the, you know, all the people that y'all say y'all don't want to see, y'all better suck that shit up. <laughs> they go, they're going to be in for like a month or two and they're going to have uh, matches with, you know, Mayu and whoever else in uh, the, the SWA Bell's gonna be back to where it was before, being going between like you know guys that they trust in uh, in you know their own talent. So be be ready for it. And uh, I believe uh, that, Mayu becomes a does that she becomes a Grand Slam champion, the second ever. Her and Io Sp- will be too. Speaking of Gaijin's, how there was a report, and that's what kind of inspired this game. Uh, that Stardom may be interested in working with uh, some wrestlers from AEW, specifically like maybe Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa and booking them uh, towards like the end of the year, uh, like kind of into Wrestle Kingdom season. Yeah, I believe and, it was. Their, uh, they already have a date for their year in big pay-per-view show um, is uh, December 30th. I don't, I don't know. If they they haven't announced the venue yet, um, but yeah, that's what they that's what they've. Um, that's what they said they want to do when they're looking at trying to get, you know, Britt or, or Roseanne. So um, I hope it happens. I'd love to see the the, the freakouts. Um, so uh, however freak it goes. From which side? Stardom side? Oh, yeah, for sure. That'd be it's much so funny. weird. Like this whole company has been this this company stayed afloat like from the exodus from star like literally from like 2000 after after uh yushigo breaks x face like they stayed afloat off off the strength of the gaijins and now they act like they too good and now like the star fans i guess too, act good. Like too good for guy it's weird it's really weird so um they got me thinking uh i was like man you know britney is uh open up the doctor's office on that side and then I started thinking about, well, what unit would Britt be in, you know, if if she was in a unit, you know, mm-hmm. we were linking her up. Then I was like, what unit would everyone be in, pretty much? Uh, but what I've done is loaded up the roster for uh, the AEW women's uh, roster, that is. And we're going to go through it just like a good old-fashioned or game almost. But okay. all we're going to do is assign uh, – I'm going to bring up – I'm going to nominate a name and then uh, we're going to figure out which unit would fit them best, like in kind of a quick fashion. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll go in ABC or order. So we'll start with Abaddon. Oh, it'll tie. 
Oedo Tai. Any reason. Throw her over there. Whatever. Throw her over there. Throw her Amazing. Over there. Put her over there. Um, Anna J. Um, I think she stars. Think so? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking more Queen's Quest. Well, she does call herself the Queen. Oh, kinda. yeah, I didn't even think about that part, but yeah. That's I'm, good, I'm just going off, one. like, the vibe and demeanor in, like, the outfits. Look, that, that sh- the more, like, obscure reasons we can come up uh, with to assign someone to to a, a unit, the, the better. I kind of like Queen's Quest better than Stars. We've only seen her once in huh. AEW, but AQA. Uh, AQA, uh, probably Stars in an older in an older sense, like back in the day. Um, she would have she would have had a tour with Stars. Britt Baker. Oh, it'll tie. I agree wholeheartedly on this one. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, we talked about this last night. Of like, yeah, you just say that, like, you know, Jamie facilitated the, you know, the, yeah, you know, like look out for it. like we're gonna send you to start him, and you know, I mean, he, he sends you here with my people. So you know, this is my old folks. They gonna yeah. look out for you. Yeah. Um. So we got the bunny. Ooh. Um. I I could see Donna Del Mondo. Hmm. Donald Del Mondo, huh? So that's so when I think of Donald Del Mondo, name who's in Donald Del Mondo for me real quick. Julia, Micah, Tecla. I can see a Tecla and then Bunny tag team of just over of over over the top charisma. You know what? I don't hate it. Now this is funny. Emmy Sakura. <laughs> 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 Uh, Emmy normally or Emmy right now? Uh, I don't know. Um, fuck it. Put her in Cosmic Angels. Nah, man. Emmy about to dance. You don't think Emmy, uh, okay. I I, I don't see the dancing in her. Yeah, uh, but, but, but meanwhile, like, you know, in, 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 um, in Donald Del Mondo, you got my Himapoy dancing at every title defense. You had Shuri in, in um in uh Julia dancing at every tag dancing title defense. Brand. But the dancing is different than the yes. dancing different than the other dancing. Okay. Yes, you gotta, because you gotta practice the dancing. You don't before, have to practice in, the in, dancing in, in, in Cosmic Angels. Right. No, you don't. It's just you a got, joke. You gotta attend practices. You know, and, right. and commit your time. You okay. got to take time away from yeah, the wrestling sure. ability, the wrestling training. You know, my soccer rides hold us this, you know. So, so where do you want to put her in? Stars? I was thinking stars. But okay. she does I was wear that more, queen. She, she does wear that she's crown. Been a so she, LA. But the thing is this, right? She, because of got to move and the zaniness of her last few years in wrestling, I think like she's too. Stars. She, she's too. She's too into the. The shenanigans of being Queen's Quest. So yeah, I I guess you got to go with stars then. I'm going to Carl Sheeta and going Queen's Quest. Uh yeah, I can see that. Or she can join God's Eye and be actually a God's Eye. Yeah, because she can be with uh, Shuri. Yeah. Jade Cargill, she's definitely in Queen's Quest. Uh. 
out Alice of the Queen. Maybe Donna Del Mondo. You know what? Jade and Julia does have like kind of a yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. There is kind of a synergy there. I'll go with that. Jamie Hader. She she was Widow Dale Tie before. Yep. I guess we can send her back. Send her right you know? back. I miss her too. Kiara Hogan. I guess we just put her wherever uh, Jade goes, right? She can join Donald Domondo as well. Chris Statlander. Ooh, see, before she would have definitely been in Stars. Um, I don't, I don't see Stars for her right now. I, Queen's Quest. I, I say Queen's Quest. Queen's Quest for Chris. I'm with it. Eva Bates. Cosmic Angels, why not? Who cares? Yeah, she's definitely she'll definitely do the dancing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and Layla Hirsch. Oh uh, wow! She, I mean, she was in TCS. Um, I'll say Oedo tie because everybody that was in TCS ended up in. Um, aside from Jungle, ended up in uh, uh, Oedo tie. So I'll go with that one. Mercedes Martinez. Ooh, oh man. Um, God's eye. I'll say God's eye. Yeah. You hang out with Mariah. Nyla Rose. Hmm. I do not know. Um, um, Okay, so I'm going to say Oedotai because the spirit originally of Oedotai came from the roots of Hanuk- of Hanukkah's mom, Kyoko, bringing uh-huh. in foreigners, foreign heels, like bringing in like Jazzy Gabbard and like in mm-hmm. like uh, um, I can't remember her name. She was in the 2015 final for the Grand Prix with Kyrie. Uh, I can't remember her name for saving life of me. Um, but anyway, basically like monster, monster foreign he- gaijin heels, right? So like. Not Nyla fits into that, so I'll so I'll go with that historically and say put her in Oedo tie. Hey, we we we've got um we've got a request. This well, actually, uh, Lothario Negra, I'm going to lob up another person who be dancing. So, uh, because we had Kiara Hogan going to DDM automatically, but what we just talked about that. You said Kiara be dancing though. So does Julia, Hameka, Micah, and Nasapoy. It's fine. So, Paige Van Zant. Oh, uh, Gazai. Shooters, right? That's yeah. Shooters Club, right? Yeah. I feel like I feel like she would fit in well with DDM for some reason. I don't know much of her her personality that well to to, to make that kind of judgment. Um, but I'm just going based like ex MMA fighter put her with Shuri and and Mirai. Penelope Ford. Hmm. I think they. I think they try to put her in stars or, or cosmic angels. I would go with cosmic angels for her. Okay. Rebel. Oh, wherever Brit goes. Oedo tie. Yep. Red velvet. I'm going cosmic angels. Cosmic angels, huh? Yeah. Um. 
Sure, why not? I was I was gonna think I was thinking stars, like especially like when she was, especially before she you know started the baddie thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, Riho. Well, I mean, Utami, she, Utami's not letting us put Riho anywhere but with her. I Queen can't Quest. believe you remember that shit. I was going to point out, like, she was fashionless for the year and a half she was in stardom. And, you know, it had, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of star, a lot of star, star I'm sorry, a lot of stars matches or whatever else. A lot of Queen's Quest. But, uh, yeah, if you, <laughs> sure, put her in Queen's Riho's Quest. Riho's going Utami to Queen's Quest. It. Shout out to Utami. I'm looking out for you. Ruby yes, Soho. that's true. Riho still has the uh, the Queen's Quest match. Unfortunately, he's the only person with masks anymore in Queen's Quest. Uh, so uh, we got Ruby Soho. Ruby and Stars. Yeah, I agree. Serena Deeb. I think she's got to go to Donna Del Mondo. I was thinking Queen's Quest, but yeah, sure. Hi, Conti. Um... Like she, she should be in like God's eye, kind of. Yes, she should be. Um, you can go God's eye. I think you also can go Queen's Quest. I'll go God's eye for her. Okay. Thunder Rosa. Ooh. I feel like Thunder Rosa is a Queen's Quester. She's a Queen's Quest, but she could also be a Cosmic Angel. Yeah. Interesting combo there. <laughs> uh, who else? We if there was anywhere else that she she could go, what would it be? I mean, she could also be in Gaza. She also, you know, trains in MMA. Yeah, originally Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So it's true. Yeah. So I, I think we need to come up with like we need to look at the personalities on this. Personalities. Like who, who would Thunder Rosa like likely get along with? Uh I mean, she would get along with any of them. Uh, let's see. I mean, her per- she doesn't have an overly bubbly personality from what she portrays on screen. So. I would say I would say get no cosmic angel from there. So I, go, I guess that goes to either God's Eye or Queen's Quest. Hmm. I guess I'll go with God's Eye then. Yeah, we'll we'll do God's Eye. Why not? Let's put it with Shuri and you know, figure it out. <laughs> Tony Storm. Oh, I mean, wherever the hell she wants to go. <laughs> uh, she teamed a lot with uh with with Stars in 2019. So I'll say Stars. Works for me. And Yuka Sakazaki. Oh, stars. Stars. I mean, well, to be honest, like, if it wasn't for the age thing, she'd be a cosmic angel. Like, that's how over the top bubbly she is. But, you know, it, you know, cosmic angel's got like a, and that's, I think, the only you gotta, be tw- you gotta be at least 29. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, added, so we'll go through it uh, here. So we added Abaddon to Odeo Tai and a J Sorry, to Queen's Quest. AQA to stars. Britt Baker to Aedo Tai, The Bunny to Donna Domondo, Emmy Sakura to Stars, Carl Sheeta to God's Eye. Um, wow, Zach's in the comments bugging. Um, <laughs> I'm not to jail. <laughs> Send it to him with a promotion or fashion. <laughs> oh, Jay oh, Cargill man. to Donna Domondo. Jamie Hader to Oedo Tai, Kiara Hogan to Donald Domondo, Chris Statlander to Queen's Quest, Leva Bates to Cosmic Angels, Layla Hirsch to Oedo Tai, uh, God's Eye, Mercedes Martinez, Nyla Rose to Oedo Tai, Paige Van Zant to God's Eye, uh, Penelope Ford to God- Cosmic Angels, uh, Rebel to Oedo Tai, Red Velvet to Cosmic Angels, Riho to Queen's Quest, 
Ruby Soho to Stars, Serena Deeb to DDM, Ty Conti to God's Eye, Thunder Rosa to God's Eye, <laughs> loading up God's Eye. Yeah, I see. We are. Um, we are. Tony Storm and Yuka Zakazaki both to Stars. So who did we shortchange here? Cosmic Angels. I feel like we. Yeah, I feel like we shortchanged Cosmic Angels. So we need to we need to flip a couple of these God's Eyes. So which ones you got? I, I think we got to flip Rosa. Yeah. Okay. Works for me. So Thunder Rosa has been flipped to Cosmic Angels, and it fits in like the the age like kind of kind of kind of bracket. And also, best. and also, like uh, I think I talked to you about it before. Like Mina and Thunder Rosa used to hang out like outside of um, outside of just wrestling it, back when she was in in two thousand early two thousand twenty in Tokyo Joshi Pro. Like they they actually trained together uh, at, at a um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu place or whatever. They uh, Thunder Rosa put on her blog at the time. I remember seeing it. Yep. So, yeah, like, uh, yeah. So that works for me. Inside connection too. Like, yeah, that works for me. But yeah, that was a fun game. So <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Yeah, actually, someone just mentioned in the in the thing. Like, yeah, like she nice. hang on the blog. Yep. Um. So yeah, uh, that is the end of the show. <laughs> AEW members of stars or sorry the starting faction is funny um, <laughs> that's in the show thanks for listening y'all um, be sure to raise some more app you're using to listen this with um, if you are um, checking out the live stream make sure it hits with the bids also um, look, hit us up on PayPal or Cash app um, and if you are listening over the podcast uh, go to our red circles and drop us off with a donation um, and listen to other shows on the network besides Winston Radio. You have Keeping a Strong Style, The Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grown Men Watch This Shit, 8 Bit Suplex, The Grave Consequences Podcast, AEW Match Guide, All Things Elite, and Great Match Generator. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.